Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It all started back in July 2011. I guess I should explain that we're going to be here every single week during the season offering comment, analysis and debate on every aspect of the Championship, League One and League Two. Five seasons. I could honestly make a case for us not getting back out of the bottom two all season and it really pains me to say that. Three divisions. He's a clown. <laughs> you can't let this man become a Premier League manager again. Have you ever known a finish since Jimmy Glass like that? Oh, they've scored! I do not believe what I've over 170 shows. What can we expect from Jamie Vardy this season? He is the best player I've ever seen in the conference. Our attendances are down by over 10,000. I think if they're unable to make the club sustainable within Coventry, I think they should probably be considering their position as owners of the football club. Over 300 guests. We look at ourselves like a Bournemouth. I don't think there's a case for huge squads. To be in where we are now, for me, is something special. That relationship was absolutely central to Clough's life and Clough's management. I do think that they will be one of the clubs that are constantly looking over their shoulder down there. Live games. Goes to 2-0! It's 2-0! Wagabs, three pounds. There's one up from being a striker when we're a minute and a half to go. Don't think he's got a clue. We're doing a lot better than last season in uh, creating chances, but we need to take more of them. Oh, oh chance, it's a goal! It's a goal! In the middle of your ransomout, food. Specials. This hasn't come from the Premier League. It's come from the FA, who are meant to protect lower league clubs. It has been skewed massively to the detriment of football league clubs. He's absolutely convinced that he's right, and he doesn't really see the fans as being part of the equation. And documentaries. If it hadn't have been for these players, then the clubs that people follow today, they wouldn't be in existence. We're a great club with a great heart for what it did in the Great War in over 100 years. But now, in June 2016... It's time to say goodbye. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Well, this is it then. Hello and welcome to episode 171 of We Are Going Up. And it's the final ever show. Tissues at the ready, everyone. I'm Mark Crossley. I've left behind the beautiful sunshine in Manchester, believe it or not, today for the kind of slightly miserable uh, London. And here alongside me, or through the glass... Once more, upon the breach, my friend, David Cameron Walker is here. Hello. Hello. Here we are then. The end of the season, the end of the road. An end of an era. An end of an era. Do you need a hug? Are you emotional? Uh, well, I mean, we're not in the same room, we're unfortunately. Not. <laughs> Otherwise, you could give me a hug, and I'd gladly, I'd gladly first, receive one. First thing we should say, um, we're in a brand new studio for the very last show, and mm. you're sort of leaning into the mic a little bit like Liam Gallagher was yeah. doing about 20 years well, ago. Whoever's designed this microphone, <laughs> it's, this is not far away, far 
Enough. He's too. He's too far. Too close to the wall. So I can't quite get over the desk. You haven't got yeah. the Liam Gallagher duffel coat because in. I like to think as kind of in honour to what we've been through the last couple of years. It is boiling in your studio. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> it be, this is a new studio. I wouldn't have it any other way. It's still it boiling. It brings out the best in me, Mark. Absolutely. We actually asked especially. Well, not as the case maybe. Well, we'll find out over the next <laughs> hour or so. Probably more than an hour. I'm guessing it's going to be a bumper bumper final show, and it's a good job we're bowing out now because if we were carrying on next season, it would have to be we are going. Got, we've got the EFL covered as opposed mm. to we've got the Football League covered. Yes, it's a good point, that. <laughs> and, and what Sky Sports going to do is it, it's not going to be FL72, it's going to be EFL72, I presume. Um, apparently, in a few weeks' time, there's going to be a big Football League. I saw this this week. There's going to be a big Football League sort of launch and there's an official date where we've all got to start calling it the EFL. Mm. All the branding's got to change. It could be the EFL100 in a few years. It could be, yeah. it could be. Um, so, although I am a little bit tempted to carry on with the podcast, given this studio, because this is probably the swishiest one we've been in, I reckon, in all our time doing this over the past five years now we should say however excited we are about the euros because we're both going to be going to france we are we'll talk more about that later um half a decade has passed it's the end of the season half a decade has passed we're going to look back we're not going to look forward just yet we're going to look back over the season that's just gone on a, a very special final episode with a cast of friends and we're going to introduce you to them in due course but first I thought, I know we're barely five minutes in here, but I, I thought we should start and get the giant elephant in the room out of the way. Um, let me take you back a week or so. You might have listened to um, a playoff uh, preview, the penultimate ever episode of this podcast that you so lovingly crafted, put together yourself, string of excellent guests. And then in the very last 45 seconds, you might have ruined all your hard work. Have a listen to this. <laughs> Before I go, I suppose I should do some predictions myself, shouldn't I? Put my neck on the line one last time. So League Two, I would love Wimbledon to go up. It'd be a great story and you know you know how much we all admire everything that's gone on at Wimbledon over the years, but I think Plymouth are going to do it. I was really impressed with them when I saw them earlier in the season. I think they've got some very good players and I think on the day they might just have a bit too much quality and I think Plymouth will do it. League One, I think it's going to be very tight indeed. I know Barnsley have won at Wembley already this season, but I just think on the day, I think I can see this going to extra time, possibly penalties and I'm going to plump for Millwall. And as for the championship, I think it's the end of the road for Steve Bruce and Hull I think there'll be a parting of ways after this season and as good as they've been at times this season I think Sheffield Wednesday are the more exciting team I've got to go with Forestieri I'm backing him I'm backing the Owls and I think we're going to have Sheffield Wednesday back in the big time next season There is something beautifully poetic about that after five years of avidly watching and specialising in the Football League hour upon hour doing this podcast week upon week month upon month year upon year season after season and we get to the very end and we know as much as we did when it started which is absolutely nothing <laughs> ridiculous you couldn't make it up you couldn't so there you go I mean if you are one of these people we've had people have tweeted us over the years saying they've done the exact opposite to what you've said in your predictions at the start of the season well, exactly I'm doing a service <laughs> for the listeners and when you mentioned when we just played that and the line about Steve Bruce leaving Hull came up you did sort of nod your head well exactly yeah. you've got that to cling to potentially um, and next season can you just stick your predictions out on Twitter just for everyone of course because I'll do it forevermore. We're not going to have this audio format. Uh, later, we are going to revisit our pre-season predictions. Don't worry, it's been a bit of a um, 
sort of a tradition on the last episode of the season, the past few seasons. So we're going to listen I'm, back. I'm confident, though, that come come the end of this show, mm. but looking back at the start of this season and years gone by, I'll I'll hold my own when it comes to getting things right. Okay. Well, I've listened to them, but I'm not going to reveal anything at this point. <laughs> we shall see. So that's going to come up a little bit later on. There's going to be memories. Oh, so many memories. You've already heard some of them at the start of the show. Later, the best of the bits that went wrong, and we'll tell the story. I of wonder this. what you're going to play there, Mark. <laughs> Somebody tweeted about it already today, actually. And uh, the story of five years of this podcast from start to finish. And I'm going to need a serious drink when I've edited all of this. Plus, we're going to be joined on the phone by some familiar voices from uh, the past five years. We're getting the band back together, and we'll be hearing from some former presenters, co-presenters of the We Are Going Up podcast a little bit later on. If you've only listened for the last couple of seasons, you won't be aware that there was five of us when this began, and now there's just two, so we'll get the other three back on later. We're going to be looking at the recent proposed changes by the Football League, which would come into play at the start of the 2019-20 season and see the creation of League Three. Four divisions of 20 below the Premier League. We did a big special on this a couple of years ago. Have opinions changed? We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, But we're going to start by getting on two of the regulars that we've had on uh, over the years on this podcast uh, we've uh, had them on pretty much at the start of every season and usually at the end of the season as well so we're going to keep that tradition going first of all let's say hello to the co-editor uh, co-founder of the brilliant two unfortunate hello rob langham hello guys really good to be back on again yeah good to have you on mate for the for the final one and uh, mark o'hare from we love betting as well should be on the line too hello mark Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. It only seems like two minutes we were all doing this in August, and here we are in June um, to look back on this season. So we're just going to have a chat, basically, and reflect on the 2015-2016 Football League season. Um, we're going to talk, obviously, the odds, where the bookies were right, where the bookies were wrong, and we'll just take a little um, a sort of casual look through all three divisions, uh, and we'll talk about these new proposals as well. Let's start with the Championship then. Uh, the best team in the Football League this season, uh, Burnley. 26 wins, 15 draws, just the five defeats, an immediate return to the top flight for Sean Dyche and Burnley. Rob, very, very impressive, especially in the final sort of third of the season where it really counted. Yes, I thought they were tremendous and it really vindicated the decision to keep uh, um, Sean Dyche on as manager because I think he, he fully justified that. He was excellent. And I think they had a good spine through the team. Obviously, Tom Heaton's off to France. Uh, good defenders in people like Michael Keane and Ben Mee and then Scott Arfield once again another fantastic season in midfield and all topped off by Andre Gray of course who you know various uh, reports about how much money they paid for him but but it came good in the end didn't it because he was top scorer in the league Uh, unless we forget player of the season Joey Barton who I don't think many people would have necessarily thought would have had the impact that, that he has done when he signed for the start of the season. There was, a, was probably a few Burnley fans, a few people looking at that and thinking, you know, that's maybe not uh, the most obvious fit with Sean Dyche, but he's come in and from, from day one, he was on board with, with Dyche's approach and the Burnley fans, I'm sure, will be sad to see him leave now. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think he, he played very well and I think he had a reasonable uh, disciplinary record this year as well. So certainly justified his big name billing. Didn't get a medal though, did he? That's all that mattered. Um, Middlesbrough in second. Um, we'll talk about them in a second. But first, Mark, you're the uh, you're you're the bookie here. Um, pre-season, can you remember who the um, who the bookmakers had, had as favourites to be promoted to the Premier League? Yes, uh, it was Derby, six to one favourites. Uh, Middlesbrough, you know, pretty much joint favourite so 13 to 2 best price but Derby were 
considered favourites. So um, another season to forget, really, for, for the Rams, uh, going close or seemingly on track, and then it seems to just implode after Christmas. A decision to get rid of uh, Paul Clement, rightly or wrongly. Uh, Derby fans seem to think it was probably the right thing to do. The style wasn't being adhered to by the club, but after spending what, near off 25 million on the squad this season, um, to finish in fifth and to lose that first leg of the playoffs so convincingly to Hull was was quite something really um, I'm sure we'll come to Middlesbrough but if you compare the two at the start of the season Borough always seemed to be on track didn't really seem to be going away from that sort of top two position whereas Derby you've got to say after Christmas and, and the new year never really looked like sort of infiltrating that top two again which was going to be very frustrating for their supporters and a lot of people who backed them after after another season of disappointment last year um, they've already been installed as, as quite warm uh, in the, towards the top end of the betting for next season 12 to 1 so there's still a lot of love for Derby that squad's still very very strong but um, disappointing uh, end of the season yeah and I can't help but, but feel that if they'd gone out when they sacked Paul Clement and made a real effort to get someone like Nigel Pearson in mid-season, then maybe they would have had enough to get up because they've got the players there and they put an untested man in Darren Wassell in there. And he did okay, kept them in the playoffs and, and they had a spirited fight back in that in that second leg, but ultimately it was just too far for them after the first leg, which was an utter disaster. <laughs> but yeah, I think you know now they've got a man who next season, Nigel Pearson's got a terrific track record in the Championship and indeed the Premier League in the, the latter months of his uh, spell at Leicester City. We'll more on them later, obviously. But they, they can be optimistic, I think, of next season. But a, a yet again, another season where they'll look back and think, we've spent an enormous amount of money. We've got players with Premier League experience, internationals in our squad, and they've fallen short. Middlesbrough then finished second. It all came down to that final day, didn't it? Um uh, with the uh, the game against Brighton, the £170 million game, or however it turned out. Yeah, what was it at the start five years ago? <laughs> I don't know. 90, 80, 90? Inflation, mate. Inflation. 50 million, yeah. Uh, but they've got over the line, and after last season, when obviously they got to the playoff final and lost to Norwich, really good, I think, personally, to see Middlesbrough back in the Premier League, and great to see that stadium rocking, which it was on the final day, understandably, and that was a hell of a pitch invasion as well. Yes, I think so. I mean, if you think of some of the dog days they've had over the last 10 years after relegation, with Orden Strachan spell in charge which was particularly disastrous. And I think I told Karanka last season they maybe weren't that convincing, but now he's he's really taken them forward. And I think they had a very, very strong team in all positions, particularly at the back. I think Daniel Ayala was, was a really key figure for them. And George Friend, both of them, I think, made the PFA team of the season. And then players like Adam Clayton and uh, Stuart Downing, you know, coming back from the dead in midfield, um, were also very effective and then they just got Jordan Rhodes in to kind of help them over the line yeah very very impressive that they managed to do it in the end I mean by the skin of their teeth with the draw against Brighton on the final day and uh, you, you can't talk about Middlesbrough without referencing that weird 7-10 day period where we all thought Karanka was going to leave he, he, he left the squad and they went to Charlton, lost to away, Charlton yeah. and they lost which which came very close to costing them at the end at the end of the day but they just managed to recover some momentum that game where he came back it was on the Friday night Nugent scored didn't he uh, right late on to give him the give him the points at the end and they've recovered and again the strength has been built on their defence they still still that was against Hull I think wasn't mm, it yeah. yeah still haven't really been as fluent in attack as, as some of the other teams around them next season that will be an issue for them going up but 
one thing that will, should give them hope next season, and this this is sound the alarm. This is going to be this is the first <laughs> first mention of Watford today, uh, right? As as we well, saw, we've had 170 of them. Might as well get them in the last <laughs> as one. We saw when we went up this season compared to say a team like uh, like Norwich or even Bournemouth to a lesser extent, is that if you've got a solid defence. That is an excellent platform to build on in the Premier League. If you're trying to step up to a higher level, it's, it's, I think it's easier to, to build from the back and then add some flair players going forward. It's harder, say, if you're a high-scoring championship team, to come in and, and, and stop the other teams from getting at you. So I think it stands them in good stead going forward. And I'm pleased as well that they've, they've managed to do it. Steve Gibson, the chairman, gets a lot of plaudits, I think rightly so. The, the area, there's been a lot, of, a, a lot of stuff I was reading around the end of the season... I think there was a piece by George Friend, who's a local lad, um, talking about how much it meant to the town, given given the climate, given the, the, the industry that's been taken out of that place. And, and football is a huge, huge part of that community. And for them to get up at the time they've done it, finally, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a thing that we should all be, be pleased about, really. And hopefully they can go from strength to strength. Because, I mean, they, you know, think back not so long ago. Playing in, in the uh, Europa League very final. Very successful Premier League club. So yeah. it's there for them. Um, Mark, what, what were the uh, bookies' thoughts on Brighton at the start of the season? They weren't very well fancied at all, <laughs> thirty-three to one. Um, because obviously last year, if I remember rightly, they were they weren't far off relegation. No, um, what a job he's done, Chris Eaton. Yeah, uh, I just want to brag for a second because I backed them for promotion at the start of the season, but um, oh. absolutely gutted to see them oh, uh, lose out by two goals and the goal difference. But yeah, what a fantastic job from Chris Eaton. I think. Their progress is all centred around Houston. Um, obviously, they spent a bit of money, brought in some good players, interesting signings last summer, and the likes of Hemed, uh, who thrived in a league with struggling clubs and, and came to the championship and, and seems keen to sort of roll up his sleeves and get involved. Um, but you could just see from the start of the season, they were really well drilled. They had a good pre-season. Everyone knew their jobs. It was that old, horrible stereotype of um, everyone sort of pulling in the same direction. And I just, I think you look at Brighton and we... Dave was talking about Middlesbrough there and I just thought I really want to see Brighton play in the Premier League that club deserves it they've been through the mill for the last 10 years the stadium's there the fan base is back cheering them on uh, you saw that atmosphere in the second leg of the playoff semi-final and I just felt so sorry for that team when, when it didn't come off they didn't get that goal in the first half which really would have put the pressure on Sheffield Wednesday but um, overall the season Bar Burnley um, Brighton for me were the standout team I thought they played some fantastic football um, looked really good going forward down the flanks uh, but equally very strong defensively and I thought I just felt so so sorry for the end of the season yeah, I mean, the other standout Israeli player for, for them was Berem Kyle, who had a, a great season as well in midfield. Um, but it is in, Brighton are, are inter- an interesting case because towards the start of the season when they were on their run and we were all a bit surprised, we were kind of having them pegged as a traditional Chris Hewton side who were tight, organised. They were getting a lot of one-goal victories, a lot of one-nils or two-ones, a lot of one-goal victories. But in the end, they managed to they, they ended up the top scorers in the league with 72 and conceded 42 which was a lot higher than any of the teams around them. And, and that's what did for them. They, they were denied promotion on goal difference by, two, by virtue of two goals. And they must be kicking themselves, really, when they look back at what a season they've had to fall that short on the final day. And then again in the playoffs, in that, that second leg, in that first half an hour, is one of the best games I've seen all season. It was like 100 mile an hour stuff. And you really thought, right, they're going to do this. But they just, you know, Sheffield yeah. Wednesday managed to hold on and it just didn't go for him. But Hewton's done a really, really good job there. And it will be interesting to see how they shape up next season. So much to get through. So let's move on to the playoff final if we can. Sheffield Wednesday, well, their fans turned up, but 
the team didn't, unfortunately, mm. on the day. They outnumbered the whole fans considerably. Um, but Mo Diarme with the goal to win it. And Rob, we've got this interesting situation. And now, we've, I mean, personally speaking, I would have loved to have seen Sheffield Wednesday go up because it would have been a new team. They've not been in the Premier League for, uh, I think, over 15 16 years. 16 years. 16 years. And Hull have just been up. But Hull have, Hull are back up. But they've got this weird situation off the field where Steve Bruce, even though they've got promoted, I think it's a record. It's fourth, fourth time he's been promoted to the Premier League. Uh, he might not end up staying at the KC Stadium. Um, but in the end I suppose for Steve Bruce he, he got the job done yes he did um, although there's a lot of speculation about his future now even though they have gone up and I think you were saying on the podcast last week uh, Alan Biggs was saying that there was still probably a 50% chance that or maybe a 25% chance that he'd leave uh, now so um, I don't think they're out of the woods yet but I think Hull their fans have attracted a lot of criticism for not turning up in huge numbers at Wembley but I think it's partly understandable and I think there's a lot of guts there in terms of standing up to the the um, poor decisions the regime have made but coming back to the game I think I think really that midfield when you look at the midfield of uh, Livermore and uh, Huddleston and uh, Diame and, and you just that really sums up the championship over the last five years since you've started doing the podcast uh, that teams like Hull who with the greatest respect and not absolutely massive team, even though they do have good, passionate support, are able to hold on to players like that after relegation is, is really quite extraordinary. And it's something that I think those of us who were into football as little as 10 years ago would never have been able to foresee. No, and I think it's only going to get easier for teams who come down from the Premier League to hold on to their players. I think we're already looking at situation next season where... It'll be, I think this will be reflected with players as well but just look at the managers who are going to be in the championship next season you've got two Champions League winners who are going to be in there we'll um, come on to that in a minute we'll come on to that but uh, I think I think there is a there has been a gradual trickle down of quality from the Premier League to the championship with the influx of money and, and that's what it all comes down to it's money 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 the teams that have been in the Premier League already and had the par- have the parachute payments like Hull have found it easier to keep hold of their players and to rebound at the first or second time of asking and that's only going to get bigger because those parachute payments are going to get more and more vast in terms of the, the, the sums we're talking about and it's going to be harder for those teams the new teams coming up like Burton Albion for example next season you know they're just going to be in a complete different planet to say somebody well Aston Villa Newcastle for two examples Mark I was just looking at the table your team QPR finished 12th with a zero goal difference might as well not bother this season <laughs> yeah it was a strange season really um, at the start of the year I would have happily taken 12th um, and a really uninspiring boring campaign with no one talking about us for the first time in a while which was quite refreshing um, obviously that didn't start off that way with Chris Ramsey departing uh, then Neil Warnock coming in steadying the ship and, and suddenly putting the wheels back in motion we started moving forward a bit more stable at the back well a lot more stable at the back under Ramsey we just seemed like 11 players go out on the pitch and enjoy yourselves really um, which worked in a couple of games but on the vast majority we were getting found out quite embarrassingly at the back um, quite fun to watch but uh, obviously if you go if you got ambitions for the top six which the club apparently did after keeping hold of Charlie Austin um, wasn't ideal so then um, Jimmy's come in he's again sort of steadied the ship and, and just sort of suddenly the the uh, the atmosphere around the ground has changed. Um, I think people start to realise that, you know, this isn't our year. It's more important now for Rangers not to be a, a yo-yo club. It's to stabilise, even stay in the Championship for another season. Um, just finally build a squad together, build a team for, so that we can try and emulate the likes of Burnley who have been up, have come back down, but look stronger now going back up the second time and, and could potentially hold their own. 
obviously everyone's going to look at Leicester and see what Leicester achieved. They were down there in, in a you know, worse off position to ourselves in the Premier League and, and just won the Premier League title. So um, it's been difficult from the supporters, but I think finally start, there's an air of sort of expectancy now that we're um, in, going to be in a championship with the likes of Aston Villa and Newcastle. We're not the big money men anymore. We can kind of go about our business under the radar. Uh, look, to, look to sign a few kind of hidden gems I've seen this week of five or six players from across Europe I've never heard of who've been playing in the second tier of being linked to us um, obviously Jimmy's looking at Burton players again you know I'm, I'm kind of happy to be a QPR fan again rather being that team at, at the top of the league with all the money and, and everyone hates it's quite been, been quite refreshing Good to hear it um, we're going to have to move things along a little bit I would do quickly want to just mention roll off a few managerial changes because let's face it we spent a large part of the last yeah. five years talking about them uh, Owen Coyle to Blackburn Rovers confirmed today which is an interesting that, one that I mean, has not gone down well no, gone from was it Houston Dynamo in the MLS yeah. I think he was obviously I mean, he's managed Burnley Bolton and, and Wigan <laughs> yeah. in the past oh god he has yeah he's trying to do the Northwest West Black, Blackpool next I don't think he's ever going to get the Man United job so or Man no. City for that matter well, so there's no yeah. point trying to do all of it. Um, Alan, the Rovers fans, have you seen on Twitter? I haven't. The, when they announced the official announcement on oh, Twitter. I bet the comments below you, were oh, brilliant. Awful. Like, <laughs> absolute pelters. Um, so Paul Trollope, the new Cardiff City manager. Alan Stubbs has gone in, gone in at Rotherham. Um, and perhaps the, the big one really is Gary Monk going to Leeds. Uh, Leeds United's last five managers, um, Hockaday, 58 days. Uh, Milanic, um, Milanic, 32 days. Redfern, 241 days. Rosler, 109 days. Steve Evans, 225 days. And the stat of the year from Conor McNamara, um, don't know if you saw it yesterday, was that Leeds have had six managers since Jack Wilshire last played a full 90 minutes for Arsenal. <laughs> Brilliant. Astonishing. Um so, Gary Monk, lads, is next year the, the year for Leeds? We say this every year. Um, it's just a bit of a car crash, isn't it, again, Rob? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as long as Chilino's there, whether he's officially in charge or unofficially in charge, I, I can't see them going anywhere. I think the league's too tough. I uh, like Gary Monk. I think he was probably pretty harshly treated by Swansea and being let go, but I just can't see. There's too much to do there. And, there's too um, much. That's there's a, so that- many... Teams. Yeah, that's the thing. With Newcastle and Villa going down, obviously appointing, we can talk about a little bit about this now, appointing, uh, obviously Rafa Benitez, Roberto Di Matteo, two Champions League winning managers, two giant clubs. I mean, Villa have been an ever-present in the Premier League for the last 23 years. Um, former European champions. Newcastle, obviously, last time they came down to the Championship, they, they you know went straight back up yep. as champions, clearly. you got two huge clubs there, which is going to make it, I mean, perhaps Villa's a bit of a different situation because they're going to have such a turnover of players. Yeah, but, but they've I'm, got a new owner, Well, that's money. true. But straight away, you'd have those two as the you know obvious standout favourites to get automatic and, promotion. And you should mention Steve Clark looks like he's going to be De Matteo's assistant yes, as well, is, yeah. which is a further sort of yeah. uh, experience I imagine, alongside him. I imagine, Mark, that the odds, the any early odds for next season that there is already, because I'm sure there is some out there, would would suggest similar. Yeah, Newcastle far and away the, the clear favourites are five to two. Um, but then you've got to go back to ten to one, and Norwich are second favourites. You've got to, then you've got uh, Derby and Villa around the twelve and fourteen to one mark. But um, yeah, Newcastle by far and away the clear favourites, and then understandable so as well with, with Rafa Benitez and a clutch of Premier League big earners coming down to the Championship to play uh, at the likes of Burton. Um, you know, it just doesn't seem quite fair when Burton are chalked up at one hundred and fifty. So, uh, yeah, quite a huge disparity between the top and the bottom of the league. Well, I mean, and just look at someone like Paul who in at Barnsley, who, who now finds himself in the Championship next season, uh, all things being well, and he's going to be coming up against Rafa. <laughs> and, and, you know, this guy wasn't a manager well, three, four, five months ago. It's absolutely amazing. But just on Gary Monk, 
I find that very intriguing appointment. It couldn't be more different from Steve Evans. But Chilino is obviously still there. Yeah. Obviously, the fans still want him out. I think when we did the first special on Chilino, there was sort of a bit of a split between yeah. some of the fans thinking, no, this guy has got some interesting things to say. He's a bit of a maverick. We, we like him. Let's give him a chance. But the doubters have been proved right, I think it's fair to say, over the last couple of seasons. He is mad <laughs> utterly mad I mean just and that's just from the things that we that we know about him in public and I've heard a few stories off the record of how he conducts himself oh when we have behind, a pint later behind tell closed me. doors and it is astonishing Re- utterly astonishing I mean any, anyone who, who looked at the details of the court case with the employment tribunal with uh, Neil Redfern and his partner can you know just have a look at the records there and it's crazy um, but he's, he's managed somehow to, to pull in Gary Monk who ha- until a, a you know, a, a surprising, I should say, start to the bad start to the season with Swansea was was being tipped as one of the you know the the great next young British coaches going on to great things and and I I think it's it must be the lure of Leeds Absol- United it absolutely you know, you, you is. This is I was thinking about this on the train down today. It's the lure of such a big club and being the manager and I suppose that restarts everything. I for suppose them. it's 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 win win situation for him in a way because if he gets them up and manages to somehow drag them up in spite of the owner, great. He's in the Premier League with Leeds United and who knows how far he could take them. If he doesn't, well, he can just say, well, look, I mean, it's not my fault. I'm working with a with an absolute lunatic and <laughs> yep. nobody's going to, you know, no one's going to do anything. So, and he'll get a payoff, I assume. So, yeah. it, so I suppose there's not that much to lose for him on the surface. Reputational damage, maybe, if it's a real disaster. But he's, the statement today, you know, he's saying, he's sort of, speaking positively about the owner as you would do and Jolino saying I like his vision and we're both committed to you know we both share the same ideas and we're committed to going forward it's going to be interesting to see but I just can't help but feel that until Chilino leaves that club they're not going to move forward in the way the fans want well another Yorkshire club who uh, are moving forward and they're still in the championship um, are Rotherham United yeah amazing really because they had a couple well they had three managers this season Redfern obviously Steve Evans at the start of the season uh, and then Neil Warnock was when you know they were they were dead and buried. And there's a really interesting stat about Rotherham. Ben Mayhew, who's been a regular contributor to the show over the years, with his uh, unique array of stats and and infographics that you can find on his site, Experimental Three Six One, he's done a thing called the Championship Footprints. So you go onto the the table, and it shows you how many days each team has spent in each individual position in the league, and Rotherham. We're in the bottom three for a combined 162 days this season. That's between between bottom, second bottom, and third bottom. And then Warnock comes in, and remember when he came in, I was like, I was laughing at the appointment. You were. He's you know he's been around the block so many times. He's had so many last jobs. It's comical, and he still wants another one. <laughs> but he amazing, amazing run of form, and they comfortably avoided relegation in the end. But he uh, he's not staying though. He, he couldn't agree a deal to stay for next season. No, I, I suppose why would he? Really, he leaves with his head held high, and he goes on to the next disaster that he can <laughs> that he can turn around. Absolutely right. I know Charlton, MK Dons, and Bolton got relegated, and we will touch on a couple of those teams when we talk about League One after this. You're listening to the final. We are going up podcast. Join in. 
Okay, you can kill it. Get rid of it. There you go. There's only one place we can start uh, in League One. That's going to be in the top ten this weekend because there's been a charity version of it. I think the proceeds go to Joseph's Goal, which is the charity that Paul Kendrick, the Wigan correspondent that we have had on loads, Great man. is involved in. Um, and yeah, all the proceeds go to charity and the remix is incredible of it. But that is just one of the gazillion YouTube videos that have been done about Will Grigg, who has been on fire. Top scorer in League One this season. 25 goals. Wigan Athletic champions. Um, winning it by two points from Burton Albion in the end and it marked a very successful first full season in charge for Gary Caldwell and Rob Langham from the Two Unfortunates who's still with us when a team um, has been in the Premier League and then got, suffers the sort of double relegation you always worry that it's going to get hard for them to come back but um, they did it in some style in the end Oh yeah, I mean they started relatively slowly and as teams like Coventry and Gillingham set the pace I didn't think they were going to come back but they always looked a strong team for this division and so it's proved I'm not sure how many fans of the championship will welcome them back really because they had become quite a familiar name in the upper echelons and uh, it's one of the more sort of colourless away trips I'd probably upset a few people by saying that hey, It's the last show mate no one cares it's yeah. fine <laughs> so we won um, but fair play to the team they've done well I mean I think having some good defenders like Donovan Daniels and Craig Morgan really helped and of course Greg has done well with the one caveat that he had that disappointing spell at Brentford and I'm not sure he's going to make the transition which is absolutely fascinating uh, I think he's made the Northern Ireland squad as well has, so yeah. really interesting to see how he does but I'm not holding my breath playing Germany yeah could be soaring into Germans in, in France. Um, Burton, I'll be joining them in second. Now, Marco O'Hare, can I pick you up on something here? Um, you probably know what I'm going to say already. And I, only, I only know this because I, um, obviously in the process of putting together some bits for this final show, I listened back to the predictions that we did for League One at the start of the season. In fact, actually, I don't think it was you, Mark, at all, was it? It was Mark Langham. It was the other Mark. So you're off the hook. Uh, who said that he thought Burton Albion were going to have a poor season because I said I fancied them for the double bound. Sorry, Mark, it wasn't you at all. Uh, and they went and got the, the second promotion in a row, largely thanks to the man who is now in charge of your club, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. And that is a real sort of uh, rags to riches story I suppose to go from non-league football uh, under the first spell with Nigel Clough to now being up against the likes of Rafael Benitez in the championship Yeah quite remarkable really um, you think all the way back to when they are in League 2 uh, going really well under Gary Rowett and then he left and there's a, a kind of spell of uncertainty and before Hasselbank came in and, and I for one held my hands up and thought this is going to be a disaster um, so Jimmy obviously set the ground running with the team. I think they lost three three games in his thirty games in charge as they went to League Two title, came back up into came back up into League One for the first time and I didn't think they'd go well. I didn't think they'd go badly. I thought they they were solid enough to sort of uh, just hover around mid-table and just do what Burton do, really, just grind out 1-0 victories here and there. Uh, there's no real stars in that team. They're just a very hard-working, organised outfit, and you can see that in their results to start the season. They just hit the ground running. They were confident. They were compact. They were really difficult to beat. Scraped out a few victories. Didn't really score too many goals either. Um but then, uh, obviously, when Jimmy left, there was a, that little, another spell of uncertainty and Nigel Clough eventually coming in. If you look at their results, actually, after towards the end of January, towards the end of the season, they didn't actually win that many games. You can't really say they wobbled, but um, their form wasn't really uh, consistent. Uh, winning, drawing, sort of losing. You know, there was no real consistency, but I think the fact that they were so far ahead of the pack um, and they'd given themselves such a, a fantastic start... Um, 
certainly before and during and just after Christmas, uh, they were churning out victories left, right and centre and they, they looked unstoppable at that moment. Obviously, they sort of, uh, whether they got the jitters towards the end of the season or, or whatever else, but they, they saw out the job and it's quite remarkable really to see Burton now in, in the second tier. You know, chalked up around 33 to 1 to, to win the league at the start of the season. So for a promotion price, you're looking at anywhere but sort of between 10 to 1, 12 to 1-ish. Um, I know quite a few people who were on them as well who expect them to carry on that momentum and it just shows, you know, if it seems all pulling from the same direction, anything is possible. Nigel Clough has sort of done a Nigel Clough. So normally in, in the past when he left Burton at the end of the season then someone else took them up into the league and then it was Pesci holiday, wasn't it uh, then he left Derby when they were sort of hovering and McLaren came in and came within 90 minutes of taking them into the Premier League uh, and finally Clough's come back when someone else has <laughs> yeah. laid the foundations and he's finally got a promotion under his belt Brilliant to see them up in the second tier next season in the playoffs it was victory in the end for Barnsley you were bottom of the league a little what bit a, story. a little bit like Rotherham you were saying they were down the bottom uh, for so much this season Barnsley were bottom they, of the table they lost, before Christmas 9 or 10 in a row I was under Lee Johnson wasn't yeah. it Johnson um, just got the run going as we yeah. were talking to, about it to Alan Biggs last week and then left him to, to move on to Passage New Bristol City and step in Paul Heckingbottom and they have been flying and they, they did it on they did it on Saturday uh, an amazing story well there's that ridiculous stat isn't there that they were actually bottom of the table for a few days at the start of December mm. and I think Sam Winnell you know, he's been really key I mean he's got sort of 23 goals um, but I think the thing that really attracts me is that apparently they play really really good football I haven't seen that much of them but apparently there was a real contrast in that playoff final to Millwall who were you know, knocking it up to Steve Morrison and um, and uh, you know, generally, yeah, Lee Gregory and generally kind of playing fairly kind of attritional football. And I think, uh, you know, Barnsley apparently quite pleasing on the eye. So I think they might surprise a few people next year, but maybe Mark's odds will speak differently. <laughs> well, the two goals certainly were spectacular oh, goals, didn't they? Hamill's goal. Absolutely oh, my wonderful. days. But they, I mean, they've done what has happened in, in all three playoffs um, this this season in, in so much that the third team who just narrowly missed out on promotion didn't go up and then the team way behind them managed to do it in, in, in the end. I mean, Barnsley were, what, 10 points behind Walsall going into the playoffs and they're the team that managed to do it in the end. Um, so they've had the momentum. Doesn't It's not always the case. It's a bit of a cliche really to people suggest that that always happens. It, it, more often than not, it doesn't. But this season, it's the team that have risen late into the playoffs that have done it. Um, Rob, sorry, go on. Quickly on Barnsley, um, Rob mentioned that the terrible statistic where they were bottom of the table at, at December. They were 500 to 1 to win promotion uh, on the 1st of December. Uh, they just lost, was it nine, nine games in the trot? I think yeah. it was a club record or went back sort of 40 odd years. Yeah, they're 500 to 1. So just a stunning story for me that's one of the best stories of the football league season absolutely um, next imagine it- if you'd had a double on Barnsley and Leicester <laughs> <laughs> well you wouldn't be here anymore you've yeah. been in the Bahamas somewhere um, next season we're going to have Bolton and Charlton and MK Dons back in League One Bolton Wanderers have been you know if, um, if Barnsley have been one of the feel good stories of the season Bolton have been quite the opposite Mark uh, what, what are the odds saying for League One for next season have you got any odds in front of you because I'm quite interested by this yeah um, you probably won't be too surprised here Sheffield United are favourites oh really <laughs> <laughs> um, League One favourites traditionally have a, a terrible record at, at winning the league I think it's can I just say favorite. just like sorry to interrupt I mean that is a complete that is a, a sort of um, a mainstay of this podcast Very over the last so. five years the yeah. words Sheffield United favourites League One promotion yeah. Yeah. all in one bubble sorry carry on 
It's all right. They, um, yeah, they're seven to one. Um, I think the favourites of League One have won won the actual title once in, in something like twenty two years. I don't have the statistics to hand. Um, so don't be back in Sheffield United next year. Not that you will. Uh, Bradford second favourites eleven. Millwall twelve to one. MK Dons and, and Bolton sort of hovering around there. And Oxford interestingly at fourteen. Um, so yeah, Bolton kind of expected. I think it's just what the bookmakers do really. Any relegated clubs, they just stick them up towards the sort of top end, even if they don't think they're going to do too well. I'm not sure what the current situation is at the finances of Bolton this, at this moment in time, but um, I think for anyone to see them relegated this year from the Championship wasn't too much of a surprise coming into the season. Um, obviously, I was a bit surprised when Neil Lennon is in charge. I expected him to sort of rally the troops a bit, but they really started to fall apart. Uh, the, the squad was so thin, uh, and obviously the, the cash flow problems really sort of hit them hard in the end. So uh, I can't see Bolton bouncing back at the first attempt, but 14 to 1 there if you want to. And Charlton, I mean, for, for quite different reasons, but in just as much of a state as Bolton. They're a real team who've been through their ups and downs while we've been doing this podcast. Mm. They've been champions, they've been down, they've been. So they're, they're always, something's always happening with them. They're very rarely mid table, just one of those sides. Um, and yeah, I mean, the unrest there, I mean, how much worse is it going to get? I guess that's the question. I mean, I think it's been disastrous. I mean, the Du Chatelet regime, it almost has been kind of asset stripping, really. No interest at all. Terrible kind of day to day management. Um, absolutely no way they can come back, I don't think, as long as that regime's in charge. And I would agree with Bolton as well. I mean, they're not even in the running. MK Dons, on the other hand, I think, were fairly conservative with their transfer policy and got probably their just desserts by going down, but only relatively narrowly had some good results against some teams. And keeping Carl Robinson, I think, is important because he's been there a long time. They have a good youth team that have been bringing players forward like Deli Alley in the past, etc. So they might be my favourites early on, I think, for promotion. Wouldn't surprise me if Carl Robinson leaves this summer. He was linked with Leeds, wasn't he? He was linked with Leeds, and I get the impression that if, if the right offer came in and the right job was there for him, I think he might think that last season in the Championship was probably as far as he could possibly take MK Dons with, with the sort of resources they have. And I don't know, we'll see whether it, whether he sticks around. But Charlton, they, they tried to get Chris Wilder, didn't they, from Northampton? Who's gone to Sheffield United. He had, yeah, he had talks with them and then I think very quickly made an <laughs> about turn after after speaking to the owners and maybe doing a bit of digging on their situation because it, it, nobody, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost worse than Leeds really in terms of, of walking into a complete and utter poison chalice there. And I think until that ownership situation is sorted out, it, it's not going to work how, if he continues to try and do it how he's done it, we saw last season, those fans are not going to put up with it and it got bad enough towards the end of the season Burnley couldn't have their trophy presented to them at the end of the season because of the fears that Charlton fans were going to ruin it by running on the pitch and I think it will continue to get worse and worse and worse and we've seen similar scenes at Blackpool haven't we as well over the years and it's, it's bad and I, th- I think we'll come on to the sort of the general issue of ownership mm. a bit later on because I mean that's been another recurrent theme over yeah. the years haven't it but just just back quickly before we move on to our to our footprints there are two teams that will look back at this season and wonder what, what could have been if they'd managed to maybe strengthen halfway through the season Coventry and Gillingham who in the end finished uh, 8th and 9th Coventry spent 17 days top of the league they spent 83 days and 50 days so that's what 130 odd days of uh, in 4th uh, and 5th in the playoffs and Gillingham spent 52 days top 43 days 2nd 82 days 3rd and 68 days 4th and they, you know, they just petered out at the end to be nowhere near the playoffs in the end. And you know, they'll be looking back, but maybe they can look back, you know, towards next season and think one or two changes here and there. Another good loan player like Adam Armstrong, like Coventry had, 
maybe they could do it. Well, Coventry can finally end that run of not finishing the top six of any division since about the mid-70s or whatever <laughs> it is now. Um, the four teams that were relegated from League One this season were Crew Alexandra, Colchester United, Doncaster Rovers and Blackpool. Colchester and Crew very much a perennial League One struggler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are. That's another sort of staple. Um, Doncaster have had their ups and downs in the Championship. Remember they got relegated on a dick off away at Leicester, didn't they, in the last minute a few but years ago? They had ago. that amazing moment, didn't they, about a week before Deeney's moment where they... They did. Yeah, against- one of the highlights definitely against... Um, Brentford yeah against Brentford wasn't it yeah where they broke away when Trotter missed the penalty at the bar Mm. yeah Um, Blackpool have appointed Gary Bowyer they're certainly close to appointing him anyway the ex-Blackburn manager there is a sort of merry-go-round of managers who just don't don't want to seem to leave Lancashire and will just sort of move to any club Um, from the Venkies to the Oysters (laughs) yeah I'm not sure that's an upgrade or a downgrade well yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, right let's talk a little bit about League 2 we've got to fly through this I mean if Leicester hadn't done what they'd done and we'll speak to a Leicester fan on the show a little bit later um, then Northampton Hampton Town would surely be one of the stories of the season. 99 points. I mean, for someone like me who's got a massive OCD, that's just annoying. So close. One more draw, lads, along the way. One of those five defeats turned that into a draw. They won it by an absolute mile. And joined by Oxford and Bristol Rovers next season in League One. And missing out in the playoffs, Accrington, we'll talk about them. Plymouth, Portsmouth, Wimbledon went up in the end. Now, Rob Lloyd, your fellow um, sort of co-founder of the Two Unfortunates, uh, Plymouth fan, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but they just didn't quite get over the line in the end. And they're another team that spent a large majority of the season in the top three. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they were in the top three for a lot of the season and just petered out at the end and then turned in, by all accounts, quite a poor performance at Wembley against AFC Wimbledon. I feel a bit for them, really. I mean, I think they had a couple of quite key injuries, particularly their star player, um, Carey, who who was really effective and um, the manager was was uh, you know uh, you know a, a real success story coming in from Ross County so I think they'll probably come again I mean they're a big team for that league and they had a couple of you know good win in the playoffs against Portsmouth and beat them in a in a dramatic game a few weeks before the end of the season as well so so I think they'll come again but disappointing I think with Northampton uh, you know tremendous achievement obviously but I think it maybe highlights one of the issues with modern football in that they had real financial trouble earlier in in the year and I think in the autumn I think you yourselves ran a programme where you were looking at this sort of £10 million black hole and a stand that hadn't been constructed etc and it seems a bit odd to me that you know the way the game is set up it is a business obviously someone can come in buy the club and those debts just go and then suddenly they're able to launch again so um, you know tremendous effort to keep playing well on the pitch and even before that they've been doing relatively well but um, uh, I feel a bit sorry for some of the other teams particularly Accrington who I think everybody must feel sorry for I feel so desperately sorry for them but if you can't beat Stevenage home on the last day when you're trying to get promoted um, you've had a, a dog of a season then it's you know unfortunately you leave yourself open to what happens there with a last minute goal for Bristol Rovers but then John Coleman you know just to shows you the, the situation that Accrington are in they've had a great season this season and they've been steadily improving whenever he's been at the club he obviously had his little spell where he went away to Rochdale and came back but whenever he's been at the club generally speaking he's improved them year on year but next season he's already saying survival is the priority and this is a club that narrowly narrowly missed out on on automatic promotion they are among the very very smallest clubs in the entire uh, football league and it's always going to be difficult for them but one thing I, I, I that passed me by until I was doing a bit of research and research on them earlier on they play at the Wham Stadium now what? It's called the Wham Stadium. What was it before? 
It was the Crown Ground. It's yeah. still the Crown Ground. Yeah, but the, the, the name now is the Wham Stadium. I mean... I don't know if they exclusively play Wham Can we fade a bit up here? Half-time. Um, Mark, is there anything from League Two this season that you sort of um, you want to bring up that you feel is worth mentioning? Uh, I was going to talk about Accrington. I think you've already touched on it, really, but last season when they lost their captain, Luke Joyce, uh, and Kai Naismith was pinched by, by Portsmouth as well. Uh, unsurprisingly, they, they started the season as a hot relegation favourites, as they do every year. They're 150 to one to win the league. But um, going on my stats and, and my records that I keep for each football league game, which is sort of giving you a bit of a, a good idea about ratings and whatever else, uh, Accrington's pretty much dominated nearly every single game they played this year. Uh, on my ratings and through a lot of stats gurus, they, they were rating highest in League Two. They were the best team in League Two all season, despite the results. Uh, Northampton were very, very clinical. Uh, Accrington just weren't. And on that final day, I think they hit the woodwork twice against Stevenage. Uh, it just shows, shows the fine margins in the football sometimes. Um, desperately disappointing for them. Uh, no, apart from that, Portsmouth really. Portsmouth started the season as, as five to one favourite. So again, sorry, Mark. So, sorry, Mark. He's been up to something in there. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Look at right. I, I, I wish you could see the grin on this man's face. He's worked out how to use YouTube. Just dip the song a bit, mate. Dip the song a bit low in the level. There we go. That's all right. There you go. We're we just going to keep this playing in the background, are we? <laughs> Why not? Okay, fine. Right, I think we're only allowed to play about 30. Get to the chorus. Can you not get something? Okay, no, get rid of, not it. Okay, get rid of it. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Carry on. He's, he's in a childish mood. It's the last one. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to just laugh at Portsmouth, I guess, again. They started the season as 92 favourites. They're already 5 to 1 favourites again for next season. Uh, I think we all expected it to be the year for Paul Cook uh, after what he achieved with Chesterfield. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out that way. I don't think it ever really looked like um, taking top spot in the league or really in the top three either. They just hovered around in the, in the top six. Um, uh, another disappointing season for them. But a brilliant season for Bristol Rovers. To get automatic promotion, first season back yep. in the Football League. Uh, it's amazing, and, and it just shows how, how good a job Daryl Clark has done, that he turned down the, the offer of becoming Leeds manager <laughs> yeah. as well. I mean, he's done an amazing job there. I've turned and, down and that as well, up. mate, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's been offered a Leeds job. <laughs> Gary Monk's the last one left. Yeah, and the, uh, just to look at the bottom of the table, the two teams that are the final two relegated during our, uh, our tenure as watchers of the Football League, Dagenham and Redbridge, who have flirted with relegation for, for a few, good few years now but of course at one stage during the podcast we're up in League One the heady heights of, of League One and York City as well and they were both well relegated as well Would you want a list of the teams that we've lost in the last five years mm. these are the teams that we're never going to get back they've gone for good York City Dagenham and Redbridge Tramier Rovers Aldershot Torquay United Macclesfield Town Hereford United like Hereford's full stop now isn't it uh, Southampton West Ham United Hull City have obviously gone up Crystal Palace Burnley Bournemouth and who's the missing one everyone Watford there you go <laughs> uh, right in just a second then we're going to talk a little bit about League 3 and we'll speak to some old familiar voices as well this is the final We Are Going Up podcast So before we let Mark O'Hare from We Love Betting and Rob Langham from the Two Unfortunates go for the final time, we're going to have a very quick chat about these proposals suggested by the Football League and their chief executive, Sean Harvey, a couple of weeks ago, all about what um, the Football League or the EFL could look like from the start of the 2019-20 season. The proposals are for an extra division to be created, meaning you've got a League 3, so you'll have a Championship, a League 1, a League 2 and a League 3. Each division would have 20 teams in there. 
them. And some of the selling points include a reduction in the number of midweek matches per division, down to one. I think it's about nine in the championship at the minute. Um, and also, well, there's got to be 65% support, sorry, for these changes to go through. Um, some of the arguments on the opposing side, though, also are uh, that it would see a drop in match day revenue because um, some of the smaller clubs would go from having 23 home games in the league a season to having 19. And obviously, a large percentage of their income comes from match days. Uh, so that could leave some of the smaller clubs in the Football League in a slightly worse off financial situation. Uh, Rob uh, Langer from the Two Unfortunates, you've written a piece on this on your site, and we actually had you on when we did our big say no to league three special a couple of years ago what do you make of these new proposals i think as i said in my article i think they're fairly half-baked and in fact i think i made a bit of a mistake actually in stating the 65 percent thing because i think it's actually 65 out of the 72 clubs have to mm, agree to it which means it's pretty much dead in the water um several chairmen already have spoken out against it because losing four games match day income is just something they can't possibly contemplate um i was i was cautiously welcoming of some of the aspects of the proposals personally midweek games i do enjoy them now and then but one of the big problems is getting back after the games particularly on public transport which is simply impossible if it's over a distance of about 70 or 80 miles and you know there are too many games and there are too many boring games i mean maybe that's because i support reading and it's been a particularly torrid season but i, I think there are yeah, i think it's fair enough to kind of try and look at ways that things can be reformed but i don't think this this set of proposals will will exist in their current state at the moment but i think it is a sign that reform is something that they're constantly contemplating the football league and i think we will see some kind of change in the next two or three years there's a piece that i think i came across because the two unfortunates retweeted it rob um from the the uh blog called the ugly game uh, and he did a really good sort of dissection of this of this whole situation. I'm just going to read a paragraph from it now because I think it sums it up better than, than I could ever wish to. Uh, so, go back to my original list of issues, add a few of your own that I missed, and then see how many this grand plan addresses. Even a generous interpretation would have to admit they will only really tackle them in a tangential way. Nothing on safe standing or community ownership, no reformed owners and directors test, nothing to drastically boost club incomes or the league's popularity, nothing on coaching and academies, Possibly slight cost and price reductions. No new money extracted from the Premier League for declogging the fixtures calendar. It is the grandest plan for accomplishing next to nothing <laughs> since Frederick the Great gifted the moon to someone as a thank you over 200 years before the invention of space travel. <laughs> Brilliant. Who wrote that? So it's the, ugly, the, the ugly game. The, the ugly game. WordPress.com. I don't actually know who the guy is who, who's done that. I'll look that just, up. Yeah. Um, Mark, any thoughts on this? when I saw them first I wasn't I wasn't completely against them I'm quite, I'm quite a traditionalist so normally I would be massively opposed to it but I was, I was quite interested to hear what it was about why it was being done uh, I couldn't really understand why um, apart from to reduce players workload which might have a potential benefit then to professional players playing in, in the Football League and then obviously to help the English national side and I'm not really sure how a 20 team League 3 League 2 or League 1 has any impact on the English national team at all um, I, to be honest, I, I'm still struggling to work out why we're doing this um, as I say I'm a traditionalist I love the 24 teams and 24 league uh, teams in the Football League because because of the games, because of the fact it's happening so often. I love my football league. I love turning off uh, from a Saturday evening and then looking straight ahead to the Tuesday night fixtures. 
Um, although, interestingly, they're talking about travel, saving travel costs and travel time as well in midweek fixtures. But I'm pretty sure last year there was some sort of initiative in the, the fixture list to ensure that there was more local derbies or, or localish games at the weekend rather than midweek. I'm pretty sure more than one occasion the likes of Reading, QPR, and Brentford were playing midweek games sort of 100, 150 miles away um, on a Tuesday night. Um, it just didn't really make any sense to me. Surely you want your local games local on a Tuesday night so you can get to and from them. But uh, yeah, to me, there's not enough substance as to why we're doing this to, uh, to really support it. And, and it seems to me that there was very little consultation with clubs before these proposals came out. Now, I mean, the idea is to now consult and to talk through and eventually have, have a vote. But the Bradford co-chairman at the time, um, Mark Lawn, was very outspoken about these proposals and said, we haven't heard anything about these, and bang, all of a sudden, there they were. I phoned up a Football League chairman to, for comment on the day that it was released, and he had no idea. He didn't even know they were out, and which seems, seems a shambolic way of communicating with, with your members. And I just... I think the, the 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 thing about reducing the games played, I think it's, I think they're massively massively overplaying that. I think yes, it, it is an issue for some fans to travel long distances on midweek, but for some fans, it's also something that they they enjoy perversely and they they love to do. It's part of the experience. We've all had memorable long midweek or, or even Saturday away trips where we lose four nil, but you look back on those times and think, you know what, it's what it's all about, and we had great time. We had a laugh while we were there. So I think if you got rid of the midweek. To, to such a level that they're trying to, I think you you definitely lose something from the from the game, and they're, they're talking about being able to reduce the squads because there's going to be less games. Are they going to pay the players less? The players are going to still want as much money as they're getting now, probably, but they're going to be less games. There's going to be less uh, opportunities for income for the for the clubs, which is something that um, a number of chairmen have said will, will really really hurt us. Season ticket prices they going to all go down as well because it's less games, and then. Fans are obviously going to not want to play it. as much, but yeah, clubs are going to want to keep them the same. I think that you know the, the, there was a lot of stuff in that in that list of benefits where you look at it and think, well, who's actually benefiting from that? Why are the football league bothered about trying to minimise a, a clash with UEFA? Well, and, that, yeah, this is Premier a large league. part of it. Isn't Who it? are these eight teams going to be? They, Sean Harvey has said that it will probably be, you know, teams from the uh, from the national league, from the conference and the, the, the non-league structure. But there's no confirmation of that. You have to you have to look back and think: Are there going to be B teams? They've already said there's going to be B teams in the JPT, but that's not really going to help anything because they're only going to get one or two, three games, four if they're lucky. So, are the Premier League going to try and sneak some teams in? Celtic and Rangers is that is it a way of Trojan horse of getting them in? I, I, I smell a rat and I, I don't think the Football League as we heard there from the piece I read out are really tackling the issues that they should be tackling they waste time on farting about with a pointless rebrand they, they come out with these proposals <laughs> out of nowhere when there was no real cry no real need for it and I think that there are big issues with ownership with finance and they are clearly in hock to the Premier League and I've I had a really interesting stat that I saw on Twitter from Sporting Intelligence the other day since the Premier League started the Premier League teams, and obviously this includes quite a lot of teams who are now in, in, the, the, football league, in the football league, various levels, because they've had they've been up there. Yeah. But the Premier League teams have made a collectively fourteen point eight billion pounds in that time, and the the football league in that time made twenty three point nine million from revenues, you know, to, yeah. related to television and, and sponsorship and all that. And that just shows you, and that gap's not going to get any closer. In the, in the coming years the, t- the TV deals are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, I, and I, you just wonder why can't the Football League do a better job of really selling the product that it has now the product that it has now is great it's very well attended 
across. I think across record the board. attendances. I think yeah, this across season. the board. There are you know there's more and more good players in the leagues. The standard of football on average, I believe, is going up across the board, and yet they just mess around and they never get to the heart of the issue. Sort out your fit and proper persons test. Don't let people like Massimo Cellino own football clubs. Don't let Roman De Châtelet ruin Charlton. Don't let the Premier League decimate the academy system under the guise of helping the national team. It's not necessarily your job to help the national team. It's your job to be as good as you can be for your members, the teams that are in it, and and therefore the fans. The fans are the things that make it the best league structure in the world. And so often, they just they're just an afterthought. Do we know when the vote is? I think it'll be. They've got a meeting this summer. They all go off to Portugal, don't they, for a for a nice <laughs> lunch they? and a few rounds of golf and, and then meeting. It's not bad, is it? And then next summer at the same right. meeting, I think, will be the vote. Did did that feel good, by the way? Final time on your soapbox. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, Mark, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on throughout the years and giving us all those odds. And I believe you've had your head buried in Euro 2016 stats for the last few weeks. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, just a bit. The last three weeks have been pretty intense. But we've produced a, a 96-page uh, magazine on the Euros. It's online. It's free to download. Um, so I hope people uh, have a look. Enjoy it. So uh, can, can they get that you. on the We Love Betting website? Yes, yeah, or on Twitter. Either way, it's just a straight link, and it will take you to the magazine. You can read through it online. I think if you'd followed Mark's tips over the years on on our podcast <laughs> and on Twitter, you probably, without having looked at the stats, probably would have made a fair bit of money along the way. So I'd, I'd certainly advise you have a look ahead of the Euros, and of course next season you'll be doing all the football league stuff as you do every week. I'm sure, won't you? Yes, yeah, looking forward to it already. Yeah, so some people are sticking it out, unlike <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> Rob Langan for the two unfortunates. Thank you as ever, and I hope your blog isn't going anywhere no no we, we're, we're hoping for a post on Newcastle next week from Ben Woolhead who's a regular contributor and then I'm hoping for some more content particularly once the Euros have finished um, we've been a bit quiet lately but we had a couple of good series over the course of the last season including one football cities which people might remember which went down really well mm. and stuff on ownership and I have to say just um, I thought David's uh, epitaph <laughs> that we are going up there was I agree with every word of it it was absolutely superb um you know those are the big issues that David highlighted not league reorganisations guys thanks so much and uh, take care cheers thank you you. Um, right before we uh, hear from some more familiar voices let's have a listen first of these uh, to some bits from We Are Going Up over the last few years where things didn't go you can close your ears no Dave didn't go exactly to plan We Are Going Up here's some bits where uh, it it went wrong hello one two all good right Um, yeah thanks for doing this again mate um, oh, what have you done there? You still, you still there, Paul? No, he's gone. All oh, right, I was going to say. Unbelievable scenes. <laughs> Start of the season, yeah, do you yeah. mean to go on? I'm woefully short of match fitness here. I have not done a good pre-season. <laughs> Huddersfield, <laughs> you're one to watch this season. <laughs> they sat their manager after the first game. They finished 16. <laughs> What's going on here? Has he been sent off? Been sent off. Matt Tubbs has been sent off there. Amongst all that. You don't know. You were raving about Ben Harrison. And um, was that a second yellow? And Matt Tubbs has just disappeared straight down the tunnel in front of us. It wasn't that bad a miss. <laughs> oh, ref. Quick reverse the curse. Uh, last month, um, we had Luke Chambers in the championship. 
That's not worked. No, no. Um, <laughs> Cam- Cameron Belford in League Two, not even playing for us anymore. No, that's not worked. Very early game. I'm afraid I've got some very bad news for you and for the literally tens of fans that have made the journey uh, to the Crown Ground for this big match between Accrington and Rotherham in the Alan Johnson's Paint Trophy. We've had seven metres of snow. You can't even see the pitch, let alone really walk on it. So uh, earlier today, me and DC spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager, John Ward. Could, could you perhaps see one day him taking over, maybe in, in a few years down the line, if you continue to have sex? And, uh, <laughs> no, we you, can't you, do that. Sorry, <laughs> if you continue to... <laughs> that would uh, be one of the outtakes. Yeah, that's staying we're, in. Yeah, I'll pick, yeah, I'll yeah, pick up pretty, from there. Yeah, we're pretty close, but not that close. <laughs> There you go. We had to play it by public demand. Your, we are going up highlights when we spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager, John Ward. There you go. Uh, we had to get that. Lovely in. man, though. Oh, lovely man. Where is he these days? Uh, I can't remember. Who knows? Know. We, probably should, we probably shouldn't have looked that up. <laughs> anyway, right. We're going to speak to a familiar voice now. Like I say, if you're a new listener and you've only listened to us for the last couple of years, you might just think it's me and uh, DC have done the podcast. But back in the day, there was a few more of us. And when we started back on that very first show, I listened back to it this week. Uh, or certainly at the start of it anyway uh, we all do a little couldn't quite put yourself in the whole <laughs> yeah. thing no I can't put myself to listen to any of them um, we uh, we did a little getting to know you exercise at the beginning finding, about, finding out about everyone's clubs and I think it's fair to say that of all the clubs that the um, the five of support one of them has had a particularly good couple of years so you're going to press a button over there which is hopefully going to dial up a friend of ours there we go not sure he knows that we're dialing him live let's see if he answers what if he doesn't answer? Hello. Hello! Jim are Knight, you, you are live on the We Are Going Up podcast. How the devil are you? I'm all right. How are you guys? Yeah, very well, thank very you, mate. Good. good to speak to you, mate. Yeah, long time no yeah, speak. Our times have changed. Oh, no. <laughs> unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, now, I'm not sure. Do we need a bit of Ness and Dorma to start off? Should we get Andrea Bocelli in for you? I've still got Wham Land. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my standard appearance, like... Rider this this time every year. Okay, right. Well, DC, you you, you work on that. Um, now, listen to this, uh, Jim. Uh, this is Jim Knight. Everyone, long time listeners will know that these these are the positions that Leicester City have finished in in the five seasons that we've done the We Are Growing Up podcast. In 2011-12, they finished ninth in the championship. In 2012-13, they finished sixth in the championship. In 2013-14, they finished first in the championship. In 2014-15, they finished 14th in the Premier League. And in 2015-16, they only went and won the bloody Premier League. (laughs) Jim, what's it been like? Nuts. It still hasn't sunk in. I'm not sure it will ever sink in, to be honest. It's just been just absolutely unbelievable. You just can't, you just think about it. Sometimes you have to pinch yourself and you watch Sky Sports News or whatever and they're talking about the title winning side and you see all the highlights and stuff now. It just doesn't feel real at all. It's absolutely incredible. I assume you were there on the uh, on the day. You've had a season ticket, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So oh. since I moved back to Leicester, I've had a season ticket for two years. Um, so I was, I was obviously going pretty regularly before that when we were in the Championship and kind of basically after I finished uni even while I moved to London I was getting back for, for some games but yeah the last two years we've been at pretty much every game so we timed it right to get the season tickets and stuff given uh, what's happened now because you can't buy a ticket for love nor money at the moment amazing um, understandably I mean the thing with, thing with me and, and, and my sort of 
viewing of the Leicester City story this season it's been a bit weird because obviously doing the job that I do and, and involved in talking and looking at sports every day and football in particular it, it kind of at first it was like well they're not going to do this are they they're going to fall away at some point and then it's, and then kind of after the Man City result and and yet you know you, you you didn't waver you didn't fold at any point I was sort of like well they are they're going to do it they, they are going to do it and I got used to the fact that Leicester were going to win the Premier League long <laughs> yeah. before they did and and so when you actually did it with that crazy game at Stamford Bridge it, it didn't really hit me then I thought oh well, man this, this is amazing it's happened brilliant but it wasn't until that day against uh, against Everton, Everton yeah. on the Saturday in the evening game when Claudio Ranieri was standing next to Andrea Bocelli <laughs> who was wearing a Leicester City shirt singing Time to Say Goodbye having changed the words to Time to Win Again for Leicester City with that, those fans behind them a sea of blue and, and it was spine tingling and I, I just watched that screen and just went oh my they won it They've won the Premier League. They've done it. And I, that was me with no connection to Leicester City whatsoever. I, I cannot fathom what it must have felt like for you and all the other thousands and thousands of Leicester City fans and people who've lived in Leicester all their lives and have seen their team rise so rapidly to an unimaginable pinnacle. That's the thing. It might not even, Obviously, we've won the league this year, but I mean, the Champions League next year is just going to be another level you know depending on who we get in the group and stuff but it's just I think it's just going to bring it home all over again we're going to get three home games next year where it's just going to be that feeling of unbelievable kind of just I don't know it's just dumbfounded shock I, I mean the thing, the thing I always think about with Leicester in particular with this show is that I can mention this now because you've only we've won the bloody Premier League so it doesn't matter <laughs> um, was the game obviously in the playoffs at Vicarage Road when it all that's, sort, that's, sort of yeah, heartbreak in the last minute that's as close to I've as I've ever been to being a broken man. Yeah, I remember it, coming it in to do the show really with were you both there, the first one that you were both there after that game and just seeing the, the contrast in emotions. And if you just yeah. said to me at that point, Oh yeah, by the way, in three years, I think it's three years ago, in, in three years' time, Leicester are gonna win the Premier League. Win it. At that stage they they'd not made it to Wembley, they were stuck in the championship. To not, not not only get up but to win it. And, and win it in style. Yeah, and to, yeah. it's just oh yeah. It's, it's just mind-boggling. So God knows what it's been like for you. And I think there is some symmetry to this because I'm pretty sure in one of the first shows we ever did, we had, is it Stuart Hammonds on from the non-league paper who mentioned a striker had just gone to Fleetwood. Fleetwood had just been promoted. And he was like, they've got this striker called Jamie Vardy. We were asking him about teams that are coming up into the Football League and who to look out for. And again, at that moment, if you said five years down the line he's going to be leading out England at Euro 2016 as you know the, narrowly missing out on the Premier League's golden boot, it's just mind-boggling stuff. I just, yeah, I think Vardy's the perfect epitome, really, of, of the Leicester City story, kind of that, not kind of rags to riches, because we've never been kind of down and out in that same way. But, you know, relatively, if you look at the financial power of a lot of clubs um, that finished below us this year, um, it's just been a complete freak season. You know, how often are the, the champions of England going to have an awful start like Chelsea did and kind of drop away and finish, you know, well, they finished eighth, seventh, eighth, and then we're just going to come from basically being dead and buried with 10 games to go you know 10 games to go two seasons ago we were I think we were 8 points 9 points off safety with 10 games to go you were looking we at were, becoming a regular member of We Are Going Up again <laughs> you were you'd have had to move back to London at that point renewing my season ticket back to London and back again on the train um, but yeah you know at that point we were contemplating life for the championship thinking we've had a good run 
Uh, we've enjoyed our year in the Premier League. We've had some memorable results. Obviously, the Manchester United result uh, where we beat them 5-3 at home was was that season. So we felt like we'd had you know our money's worth, so to speak, um, at the top flight. And then obviously to, to stay up was, was amazing. And we were just thinking the same again this year. And we just started well. We just didn't stop. Um, the thing for me, the thing for me is that if you're a fan of a championship club who gets promoted, I mean, the best you could hope for is to establish yourself. Pretty much what Watford have done this season at sort of mid-table, and then you know hope to kick it's on. Like your fu- manager. Well, yeah, that's another story. And hope to kick on in future years. But to actually then go and win it in the the second season that you're up. It's just, I mean, it's like Roy of the Rovers type stuff. Yeah. And for if, me, it if also... You wrote it, if you wrote it in a film, you wouldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, and it's... Well, the, and they're going to bloody write it in a film. <laughs> well, they have done, yeah. <laughs> and the, it's just the fact that, you know, this part, obviously with you being part of the show at the start and then seeing Leicester, you know, not quite make it in the playoffs and then you left and then Leicester, did, you know, they went up and then they won the league and now the show's coming to an end. It does kind of feel like it's all full you, circle. Do you try and take credit for it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think we can. down to us? I think we can. It just feels <laughs> like it's gone full circle in the way single-handedly won as the league absolutely right well Leicester I mean that story's just going to you know go on and on and on let's talk a few memories of doing this podcast over the last few years now I had a message uh, from Jim uh, a few days ago let me see if I can find this here we go and he says uh, memories of doing We Are Going Up I've never paid so much attention to how recently someone tweeted as to when we were chasing guests at 5pm on a Sunday or Monday he tweeted me 46 minutes ago why hasn't he answered our DM exclamation mark question mark question mark and I think it's fair to say in that first few years um, you know when you were pretty much on every show we were recording a lot on Sundays and we were reflecting the games that had just happened the previous day I think in those days we tried to do every game as we did at the start and we were often chasing around poor journos on Sunday afternoons and poor fans who were out with families and stuff and doing things and we're constantly looking for people to get on in particular with the Alan Johnston paint trophy as well Jim oh Jesus Christ <laughs> I mean that was yeah that was just I mean because we had to put questions together for each guest on that obviously and then we tried to line them up in advance and it was just like it was it was absolute no hopers I think that Sunday night slot is like the graveyard we were all hung over as well yeah, a lot of the weeks like, and the thing is, if we go out in the, on the Saturday night, as we did occasionally in London, you've got no prep time on the Sunday <laughs> because you've barely had a chance to watch the bloody football league show because it was on at stupid o'clock in the morning with Manish. And Good old Manish. Oh, okay. to, yeah, He's well, just, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was, it was thinking on your feet time, wasn't it? And, you know, obviously, Mark, you trying to get all the prep ready for the show. With Me and DC have got, well, certainly I had a job that didn't finish till five o'clock. So I was trying to do what I could and then get into the studio and kind of do stuff on the Monday. But yeah, just uh, a lot lads, of I've not done the Scunthorpe question. I've <laughs> yeah. only got eight questions. It was li- literally <laughs> like that. And we're just I'm like, happy, we're hoping I'm that they're not going to not going to take up the full 30, 30 uh, seconds, 60 seconds because it's like, oh, thank God we haven't written, we haven't written a yeah. tiebreak question or whatever. Mark just has to speak a lot slower in questions <laughs> eight, nine and ten trying to string them out mastermind style so that when the buzzers goes off, We've not run out of questions. Oh dear! Um, some of the live games as well that we did. I think you came yeah. with us to Charlton, didn't you, for the the Charlton yeah. Barnsley game? I mean, those sides going very much in opposite directions at the minute, and that was one of the good things, wasn't it, to get and go, uh, get out and about, and go to do sort of specials on the road. Yeah, as much as we like, we kind of have a laugh about it now. It's still been a kind of fantastic experience, and you know, we've we've had a lot of great guests on and a lot of great local journos, and I think it's been a kind of resource for a lot of people who feel that the football league isn't covered quite in the depth and 
breadth that they would like it to be. You know, a lot of the media is still focused on the Premier League and, you know, even the lower echelons of the Premier League until Leicester started doing something. You know, it's more all about the top six, top seven. So I think it's been, you know, it's been an incredible experience and we've got to interview some, you know, really decent personalities in the in the Football League. Apart from the scrambling around, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the last show. And um, we'll all watch Leicester's fortunes in Europe with interest next season. Yes, I hope Oh, oh there it is. <laughs> Jim, you're going to have to get used to this, mate. I know. I mean, this is just, yeah. I mean, it just sums think, it up, doesn't it? Talking about it not sinking in, I think when you hear this at the KP next year, I think that's when it will properly sink in. Because um, it's been that hectic this year with, with stuff happening that I think that's when we'll have had time to reflect upon it properly and it'll probably sink in I'll probably be a blubbing mess I'll be on the sky <laughs> yeah. like sobbing my eyes out when this comes on and then the reality check will come when you get battered 4-0 by Sevilla <laughs> oh, yeah. in the first game <laughs> yeah, we'll get Sevilla we'll get hugged home and away we'll finish bottom of the group with zero points and then we'll go back to being relegation partner again. yeah and Vardy and Kante both break their legs in the Euros <laughs> <laughs> Jim no, take no. care mate thanks a lot for coming on Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Cheers, Jim. Um, the, the problem with this Champions League music, by the way, mate, is that the, the main bit isn't for about three minutes yet. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to <laughs> leave it there. String it out, mate, for another kind of Alan Johnson's paid trophy style to kind of get to the, the main crux of the music. I never thought we'd find a similarity between Wham, I'm Your Man, and the Champions League theme. <laughs> We've done show. it today. You're listening to the final We Are Going Up podcast. Okay, well, it's not only Jim Knight who was part of the team back in uh, July 2011 when it all began. Also, two men who should be both on the line right now. Carl McQueen and Stephen Topo Topless. How the devil are you? 2011. Christ. I know. <laughs> 2011. Topo, you well, mate? Yeah, very good, thanks, mate. Yeah. It's very weird to hear your voice on the phone and not on Skype, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah, that takes me back, yeah. The way we used to do it at the beginning was we used to get, I think I'd Skype on my phone, I'll Skype on the, the iPhone, you just plug my iPhone into the desk and we'd have Topo live from Nottingham via Skype and the rest of us in the studio. Does that ring some bells? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it did used to drop out as well. <laughs> oh, really? Don't remember that personally. Usually, <laughs> think. Every single episode. Um, five years on, I, I suppose we should ask you about your own clubs. Um, Carl, we'll start with you. What about Swindon's journey over the past five seasons? First in League One, then 6th, 8th, 4th and 16th. Uh, yeah, I mean, when 2011 would have been the year we got relegated, I think. I've got to try and work this out now. Yeah, after we were in the playoff final against Millwall, so we got relegated that season, which was terrible. Then Paolo came in, uh, Mr. Kenny oh, came in. Paolo. And, the mask! Yeah. The Paolo yeah, mask! Yeah, quite. Well, I was going to say, you've got to name my favourite bit that we are going up podcast the last five years. I think myself and everyone included would be the episode after the Johnston Payne Trophy final against Well Chester I've actually Swindon. written down on my notes here Carl um, the first thing is Paolo Di Canio face mask Chesterfield coming yeah. in pissed that's what I've written know. down <laughs> that's slanderous I don't know where that mask came to but yeah it was a wonderful day out we lost 2-0 um, I missed one of the goals because I was at the bar um, and we got promoted that season I think Chesterfield got relegated uh, that season 
uh, as well. Um, but yeah, no, I came in. I've been halfway through the show. My hangover kicked in. <laughs> you did, didn't it? Um, any Luke Williams time. masks knocking around these days? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Was, you know, he's got a shaven head, kind of not dissimilar <laughs> to Paolo. So I'm sure you could get away with it if anyone has kept it. Five pounds off Johnson Paint as well, which I never took up. You never cashed in. No, you've got a house yeah, now as well. It could have come in handy. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, Topo, what about Forrest then? Um, I mean, I don't even know where to start with the the, the, the journey that Forrest has been on over the past five seasons. Where are Forrest at now? How long have you got, Mark? It's been a, a ridiculous five years. It's uh... Well, according to Dave, just to stop you there, we've, we've got all night. Because earlier, we, there was a, a point that he didn't have time to make. And he was like, we need to get this in. I was like, oh, I'm trying to keep it tight. It's the last show. He's like, I'll just do a three-hour show. So, Topo, you've got as long as you want, mate. <laughs> Well, um, it's been a mixed bag over the the past few years. Uh, Plenty of ups and plenty of downs. I think we nearly got relegated in the first We Are Going Up season. Um, Just about stayed up and then Fawaz Al-Hasawi and his family bought the club and there were promises of Premier League football and great progress being made and it's just been a great disappointment really over over the time he's been here. The one thing that's uh, has been consistent is uh, the changing of managers we've Mm. gone through so many um, and we've not really gone anywhere quite often Topo it's been a case of not for us getting rid of managers during the show I think going back to the episode where Steve McLaren was sacked well, through it to start again. That's that, that's something we haven't mentioned yet. Actually, that is another thing that used to happen every week. Where that must yeah. have been right towards the start when that happened. It McLaren was must have been around then. McLaren, um, you're yeah. right. We started doing a show. Uh, we're talking about Forest. We're 20 minutes in, then someone, oh crap, lads, he's just been sacked. <laughs> Got to start again. So we started again. The curse. The we are going up curse is still alive and well to this day. It's even been a couple of times this season. You do a show on one team, a manager's gone, and the next day they appoint one or another team sacks one and makes the whole thing redundant but but Topo on, on, on Forest because we've talked a bit earlier on uh, about some of the, the dodgy owners that are knocking about still knocking about in the Football League Chilino obviously Venkis Charlton being Blackpool being the, the sort of obvious ones that spring to mind but Forest sort of they kind of go under the radar the Alasawi regime um, because it's, it's not been utterly catastrophic it's, it's not like rip the club apart he, he does seem to mean well he seems to have some sort of feeling about for what the club is about and the history um, there's been no full scale riots and protests but there has been a real malaise. There has been that change of managers. There has been a lack of direction. There has been promises of a lot of money being invested. You have invested money from time to time uh, at various times along the way. You have some really high-profile managers, Steve McLaren, Stuart Pearce. But the, the net result has been nothing. You've moved nowhere. You're still treading water in the championship, and that must be really frustrating. Yeah, and when you look over Fawaz's years in charge, every season we've finished in a lower position than the one that came before it. So that just tells you tells you the story really that we are going backwards. Um, and we've just come off the back of a, a poor season where there was not really much to shout about. We were under transfer embargo, and we had a manager in Dougie Friedman who didn't really inspire you, both with his personality and the quality of his football. And that's kind of. Uh, sort of, uh, it's added to the pressure on Fawaz and the owners to get it right. Um, I, as you say, DC, I think he means well and he wants to be successful, but he's out of his depth and he doesn't know what's required to to run a football club. Certainly in this country, it's very different to to the way clubs are run in the Middle East. And I still think after four years now, we still haven't got that, uh, and that that is what's worried me the most. That we keep if we keep progressing the way we are or not progressing 
we could end up relegated. Well, who's going to get the job next? Obviously, Paul Williams was caretaker, but he, he's gone. Uh, who, who are the, what's the feeling amongst the fans and who do you want? Well, a few, few names have uh, already gone. Uh, most notably, Nigel Pearson, who's now at Derby. I think a lot of Forest fans, me included, would have liked to have seen him come in, given the, the great work he did at Leicester. Um, Gary Monk was also linked, obviously now at Leeds. Di Matteo was also a name people wanted. Whether that was realistic or not, I don't know. Um, but that's, the one name that keeps cropping up at the moment is Neil Warnock. Garcia. Who? Uh, Oscar Garcia. Oh, Oscar Garcia. Is he back uh, to full right. health? Yeah, I think he um, is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's been managing in Austria. Or yeah, Red Bull. Yeah, and uh, he's had a fairly successful time of it over there. And I know he said before that he wants to come back into English football. He says it's it's a real pull for him. Mm. So I wonder if... He's got unfinished um, business. I mean, obviously he was at Watford for about two weeks and had the health problems and... And 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 then we never we never saw him again. Um, and he did okay. He did a decent job in his season at Brighton. I, I think he I think he has got unfinished business. Do, do you um you know you just mentioned their topper. You know every great series like Breaking Bad's got Better Call Saul. It's sort of as a spin off. Um, you mentioned that we are going backwards. Maybe that could be the spin off <laughs> podcast. <laughs> to we are going yeah. up to, to to launch in 2016 <laughs> 17. Um, Topo's top tens. Topo just to just to bring things back to this show. Reminders of that. Yeah, this would be a, a weekly blog that I did where I, we we pick a topic, uh, and I would pick ten moments, ten memorable moments, or maybe ten goals or something that happened uh, around that topic, and put those in a list. Lads, lads, I'm hoping that there's like a we've got a you've got prepared a top ten of Topo's top ten, <laughs> uh, which you can kind of run through. You know 10, what was your favourite top tens? Was it top ten comebacks? Top ten goalkeeping errors? Top ten? I think. Football league, it had to be the playoff ones because they were they were always good to put together because plenty of entertaining games, uh, not involving Forest, of course. Um, loads of drama, loads of goals, and uh, they were probably the best ones. And In the time that we've been doing the podcast, you probably do Topo's top 10 Forest managers. You probably do enough. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another memory of mine in related to Topo was when we were doing, we mentioned the Alan Johnson Payne Trophy earlier, where we had to get a fan on of every football league club to answer questions on their team. For, uh, for this competition we, we did a draw at the start of the season to pair people off mm. and we came in to do a Sunday show at Crystal Palace I'm sure it was Crystal Palace and we didn't have a fan for them so Topo started <laughs> tweeting a cheerleader who supported Crystal Palace I don't think she was a cheerleader I thought she was a cheerleader she was a stripper oh she a stripper <laughs> yeah. that was it it's <laughs> even worse than I remembered uh, Topo any memories of that yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Touch of a... Did you get a number? <laughs> no, didn't even get a reply. So. Didn't even get her on the podcast in the end. <laughs> I, I remember someone's friend of a friend came on to answer questions on Crystal Palace from memory. Um, Topo nearly won the bleeding thing, didn't he? Did you? He came yeah. close. Yeah, we had to, I think we had to sabotage you at the end to make sure it wasn't an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I think that was the case. Um, guys, good stuff. Thank you so much for coming on the final show. Pleasure. And um, yeah, we'll we'll speak to you soon. Not through the medium we'll, of podcast, but we'll we'll, we'll keep meet in touch. up again on like the, the roof of the Apple uh, store in New in New York, just like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Kind of it's like getting the band back together. This isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. In ten years' time, we'll do Glastonbury. Yeah, probably. Something. Yeah. This is the final. We are going up podcast.
So, nearly predictions time then. Not only for this season, but we'll find out who's been victorious overall over the past five years of this show. But first, come on, a little bit of any other business, David Cameron Walker. What have you got for us? Um, various bits and bobs, really. I mean, just I was kind of just in the last few days, just kind of looking back at some of the shows and kind of looking back at some of my favourite moments and sort of favourite teams, some of the issues, and we, we touched on it heavily earlier on with, with Rob, but ownership and disastrous clubs and managerial changes has been a big recurring theme. The number of specials we've done over the years, sort of round table specials with various people from fanzines and supporters trusts and journalists just saying when are these people going to, when's it going to end? What's the end game? And how many of those owners are still in place? Blackpool. You know, Blackburn's owners have come, have, have been there, they, they've been, they've had their they're kind of quiet spells but then it's sort of flaring up again at the moment Leeds disastrous Forest as we just said disastrous Charlton still disastrous Coventry groundless for a while yeah. directionless Cardiff the whole situation with the red and, red and blue shirts yeah. Leicester for a while people were looking at their owners and wondering what, what was going on Notts County have had their problems Hull City the name change and no, you know, fans aren't turning up to the playoff final at Wembley Bolton and the finances, Northampton nearly going out of business, Plymouth, Peter Reid paying the electricity bill. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I'm sure there's clubs that I've missed there. Yeah. And, and and it's a consistent theme, you know, and I and I think it's a real important issue that that is just not being dealt with at all and, and it will keep rearing its head. Hopefully not, but I have a, a distinct feeling that you will be right. Um anything else, what have you got for us? Any special show any favourite shows we've done? Well, the, I, I love the live ones. Yeah, the live ones have been great because it, it, it that is what it's all about really. You get the chance to get out there and, and see new grounds, speak to supporters, you know, not just kind of journos and, and people that we've lined up, but just literally just going up to, to the random fans that are at the games home and away and finding out their um how they're feeling and there's been plenty of fans who didn't want to talk to us as well <laughs> along yeah. the way plenty of outtakes but yeah r- really enjoyed that I think uh, especially enjoyed the Peterborough trip when we yes. did the draw yeah. and it landed in our lap as well didn't it just after old Darren Ferguson yeah. got sacked uh, no, it was good. Sacked again. But I enjoyed Notts County this season as well with the uh, the guy who sat about four rows behind us. Just what was yeah. he saying? Just shouting out one word responses to what anything. Was he what was he saying? It said something like Press, press. Oh, no, no, it wasn't press. press. It was after the listen back to. Yeah. But anyway, he was insert a, he, the clip here. Yeah, <laughs> insert the clip here. It's an absolutely superb fan sitting just to my left. I don't want to speak too loud because if he sees me or hears me, he looks like he, he looks like he could absolutely <laughs> tear me to pieces. But he's absolutely screaming abuse at the team. Never they get the ball. Just a lot of one-word, repetitive shout. Byline, byline, feet, feet, <laughs> tight. Feet, feet. <laughs> that was it, whatever he just said. What a man he was. <laughs> um, but, I mean, and th- there's been a number of... I mean, some of my favourite shows over the years have been sort of the special ones that we've done. I think, remember, when the whole EPPP thing came along, we spoke to some people about that, and that was a really interesting thing. That The truth behind transfers was another good one with Mike Calvin. Yeah, when he and came Ross Wilson. Ross Wilson from was, Huddersfield. He was at Huddersfield then, but do you know where he is now? He's only bloody head of recruitment at Southampton. Oh, is he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's doing really well for himself. Um... Bradford have been a real favourite of mine. Yeah, I mean, Bantam's that, Banter Boys. That season where they went on that amazing, the first time, let yeah, alone the yeah, FA yeah. Cup semi-final, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 all the way to the League Cup final. Yeah. I mean, was that 12-13? Yes, I think so, um, yeah, it was, yeah. I've got you still, went to, you still got, you got still your flag. flag. Flag's the still, League Cup final. Flag still has pride of place in, in my room up on the wall. Um, but yeah, the Bantam's Banter are a great example of what we've seen many of over the years in the fan, individual fans' podcasts. 
that have gone from strength to strength. And the things that they've done have been, you know, fantastic. Incredible. They're selling merchandise now. They're selling <laughs> yeah. bloody bath towels and all sorts. And they're doing an England song. They've they've had a lot of um, sort of mainstream press coverage. You know, there's been there's been we've one of the best things about the whole thing is the amount of contact and the people we've we've met and had on uh, that we're very thankful for along the way who are doing the same thing that we're doing but just about their own clubs you know there's been some great people over the years uh, the Watford podcast the guys who used rookery to have on rookery, from the rookery, rookery Mike yeah, from the Rookery and that's that's still going strong in the Premier League uh, the Bolton podcast I seem to remember a great song from about Owen Coyle yeah. that we had I think the then. Men in White I think it was called yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's there's loads more there's loads more that I probably can't remember off the top of my head and I think that, that's been one of my favourite things is, is finding out how many passionate fans there are out there who, who are all doing great things um, you ready to move on to predictions or have you got anything and else of, oh, one of the other favourite things was playing we should say a huge huge thank you to Prostate Cancer UK of course for all the help that they've given us over the years but if it wasn't for them I would never have played at the Den that is true yeah, I was thinking about Luther. this I was thinking about this, this this morning as I was on the train down I was thinking about that that day when <laughs> me stood talking tactics with Laurie McMenemy on the touchline mm. <laughs> ridiculous but I think we leave the Football League in an interesting place. Obviously, there are issues, as I alluded to earlier on, but particularly the championship, and, and it will filter down. The standard is as good as it's ever been. That lineup of managers next season is, is mouth-watering, just as it is in the Premier League, and I think that's trickling down. You're getting. You it know, is becoming a bit of a sort of Premier League two, really, yeah, in a way. It is. It is, and I think it's really exciting. The games are just as exciting as ever. The fans are still turning up, and the uh, you know. The reason we started this podcast is because we all supported football league teams at the time and we all loved the football league. We all love what it represents and the drama, some of the low lights mm. and, and the highlights that, that it brings you along the way. And it's only strengthened my, my admiration for it over the years that we've done this. I mean, there's been times where I've absolutely detested the Football League and everything it stands for just because, it, you know, having to sacrifice Sunday evenings for no reason other than I've said we'll do it. Yeah, and, I know. You know, but it, it's great and it's, you know, it continues to inspire and it continues to be good. And, you know, let's hope in five years' time, 10 years' time, 20 years' time, that it's still there and it's still doing what it's doing now. Absolutely. Amen to that. Right, here we go then. Predictions time. Now, let me uh, let me say before we play these that so at the start of the season, we asked for your two automatic teams to go up, your playoff winner, your teams to be relegated and your top scorers. So, for example, if we say uh, a playoff winner in our two to go up, that doesn't count, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It was basically like what two teams are going to go up automatically or what three teams, if, you know, if you're in League Two, mm-hmm. um, who the playoff winner are, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm going to play our predictions. I've played in the sort of yeses and nos to each thing that we say along the way so you can sort of track our progress. So we're going to start in League Two. DC, roll the tape. This is what we said at the start of the season. I well, shall I give you my three first. Yes, please. My three to go up this season are Luton Town, okay, Boo. Cambridge United, <laughs> and Wickham Wanderers. Back in Wickham to, uh, yeah. to come back stronger. Are you? I am. Okay, I am. Your three. My three. The automatics, yeah. Uh, Cambridge. Yes. Portsmouth, I think, are finally going to do it. Paul Cook being the difference there, really, for me. And Barnet. Can't bring yourself to say Luton, can you? Absolutely not. cannot. (laughs) Um, I've got Barnet as playoff winners, actually. Uh, Playoff winner for you. I'm going to go for Plymouth to to go slightly better than last season. Okay. Uh, Two to go down then. I've, sorry, sort of um, already sort of given the game away with me. I've gone for Newport Mm -hmm. to go down on the Terry Butcher. And I've also got Mansfield. I have gone for Newport like you uh, and the other team I'm going to go for Yeovil Town top scorer I want you to go first and I'll tell you why in a sec okay John Akinde of Barnet the one I've gone for um, he's not he's not really going to be top scorer but I saw odds of 25 to 1 and 
He wants you to tell him what goal celebration he should use this oh, season. Oh, yeah. Adebayo Akinfenwa. Have you voted? <laughs> I haven't actually, no. So... A grand total of zero correct answers from There's a couple us. of close ones. There eh? was. So John Akindi got 23 goals for Barnet yeah, this wasn't, season. It wasn't far off. He was third. Matty Taylor of Bristol Rovers was the top scorer in League Two this season. And Newport were third bottom, I they think. They were. I mean, but they were safe by quite a way. They were. But they were still third bottom. So not bad. Plymouth. I got Plymouth for the playoffs. Well, that's the thing. In the final. If Plymouth had won, then you would have, you would have had one point there. But as it stands, it's goalless after League Two. Okay. Now things are about to dramatically change. Let's okay. listen to our League One predictions, starting with the teams that we predicted would go up automatically Sheffield United and Wigan <laughs> yeah yeah agreed um, I've go- I'm going to go with you as well I, I think Sheffield United are finally going to do it playoffs <laughs> and I've actually gone for I, I do like a double bounce so I've gone for Burton on the Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank Jimmy Jimmy yeah uh, Barnsley Barnsley okay four to be relegated sorry crew fans I've got you to go down my other three are Blackpool, uh, Port Vale, and also because I think Dean Saunders is a terrible manager, Chesterfield. And yeah, not, Chesterfield not always bounces between those two. Not leagues. been great recently. I, I've got, I'm with you though. Chesterfield, uh, Colchester United, I think are going to go. Uh, Blackpool, uh, total shambles, uh, and the other team is Crew. Top scorer. This really goes against against everything I stand for. But um, Ian Henderson of Rochdale. Oh yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, I'm going to go for one of the favourites, Will Grigg of Wigan. You've absolutely. Oh, Griggs on fire! <laughs> Your defence is terrified. You've absolutely smashed it there, mate. You've you've destroyed me. I'm not even sure how many points you got there. You got so many. League One, you did your research this season and it paid off big time. Right here we go. Then let's finish it off onto the championship and the teams that we thought were going to go up this season. It's Wolves for me, and it's Derby. I've gone for Derby and I've gone for Middlesbrough and I've got for, gone for Wolves to win the playoffs. Okay, your playoff winner. I've gone for Hull, right? Because I think they're, you know, they're trying to splash Smashing the cash it. now. Steve Bruce knows how to get promoted from the Championship. OK, three to be relegated. David was very, very optimistic about Sheffield Wednesday. He was indeed. Um, You're not going to send him down, are you? Yeah, of course I am. Um, I've got Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham and Huddersfield. Sorry, Yorkshire. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I've got Blackburn. Rotherham, I think it's going to be one season too far for, for Mr Sombrero yeah, himself put, put Steve the Sombrero away yeah. Steve uh, and another shout so you've gone Yorkshire I'm, I'm pretty down on, on the North West I think Bolton might slip Rotherham's not in the North West no no but Blackburn oh, right, and Bolton okay. are yeah I'm not going to complain yeah. about you sending Bolton down yeah uh, I don't, I'm not sure you know lots of people think Neil Lennon's a good manager and I think he is but I don't know if he'll, if he'll stick it out there you're trying to say that the, the signing of Emil Heskey is not going to guarantee him <laughs> a high place finish this season yeah um, and t- top scorer I've gone for Newadico I have gone for for echoing my previous sentiments on Fulham, Ross McCormack. Ross McCormack was second in the Championship top scorers list with 21 goals this season. Andre Gray was top with 25. The final scores, after all that, for the 2015-16 season, Mark Crossley, four. David Cameron Walker, Eight. Eight. Eight, four. Thank you very DCW. much. Now, which... all the naysayers... <laughs> Who's gone out on top? Which leads us on to this. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Right, so I've gone through the the predictions between us um, from the previous five seasons, and these are the scores that I've got. Now, if you've really got the time in your hands, I'm sure you can go through and double and triple check this. Hmm. That applies to you and the listeners. But the archive we... will be there for hundreds of years. Yes, yet. it will be. Will it? Well, well if I pay, if I pay, if pay, if you pay for the web hosting, <laughs> yeah. Um, here we go then. Are you going to do that, by the way? I just leave it a year and get rid of it. Anyway, um, 2011-12, DC 2, Mark 4. So I took an early lead, 4-2 up. Poor return, that is. However, in 12-13... 
Uh, it was the opposite way around. DC4, Mark 2. So we're going in six all into the third season. Okay. This is where you had a stinker, mate. This uh, was the year was that palace? it all went wrong. <laughs> the palace year. I think, no, I think that was the year before. Uh. Anyway, Mark 5, DC 1. 1. I know I did predict a couple of teams to yeah. get relegated that were subsequently got promoted yes. to the Premier League. So at I? that stage, Crossley goes into a 11-7 lead. Oh, difficult to turn around. 14-15 season. Ooh, bizarrely, so this is a crucial one. Bizarrely, we've got half a point in... Uh, there was half points half in this points. season. Yeah, okay. DC 7.5 points... Mark eight and a half oh, points, no. which leads us on to a enough, is it? situation where so that was eleven seven. So if you add that up, that's uh, eight, nineteen and a half, fourteen and a half. That's right. So I'm five points clear going into the final season, where DC finished four points ahead of me, which means oh, it finishes DC point. twenty-two and a half, Mark oh. twenty-three and a half. Victory is mine by one by virtue of one point. The narrowest. Bloody Ross McCormack has scored a few more goals <laughs> by the narrowest of margins. But I've got to say, you completely stormed it this season. So it I didn't showed, back any of them though. It shows that you researched. So at least your research paid off. You might have not made any money out of it, but your research paid off. There you go. So that was it. The predictions for this season and for the past five years. And that is pretty much it for We Are Going Up Full Stop. We're going to end the show in a few minutes' time with a montage um, of stuff from throughout the years. We talked about Mr. Sombrero there, Steve Evans. We, we should mention him, Steve Evans, shouldn't we, really? We should. One thing that's um, changed quite recently is the size of the man's waistline. Have you oh. seen how much weight he's lost? No. He's really lost a lot. Amazing. There's visions of him running down the touchline with his, trousers, with his trousers yeah. falling down. They're no more. We had to get that I don't know whether it's the stress end. of working with Chilino yeah. or what, but he's Probably. fair play to him. Probably. He's ha- literally half the man he used to be. He is. Um, right, well, I suppose this we is... We can't a- end on Steve Evans, though. No, we, why have we brought that up now? <laughs> I was going into the thank yous. I was about to go into the thank yous. <laughs> well, we should thank Steve Evans. He's yeah. provided us with a lot of t- entertainment has. over the years. He has. Thanks to uh, Graham Wesley yeah. for being another butt of many jokes over the years. Yeah. We've had our favourites over the years. Um, and we've been so lucky with some of the guests we've had on. Uh, we've had on, in no particular order, Mark Warburton, Ian Holloway, Matt Holland, Don Goodman, Kevin Davis, George Burley, Mike Calvin, Andy Brass. Jonathan Wilson, Ian McIntosh, John Ashdown, uh, Adrian Durham, Dominic Matteo, Ian Dancer, Jim Proudfoot, Lufa Blissett, John Ward, a whole army of podcasters and bloggers and fans and people that have listened from the very first show to the 171st show. And the majority of those guests, the, jour- the journalists, the podcasters, the bloggers, often coming on at the drop of a hat, we're literally ringing them up and saying, mate, yeah. it's so-and-so from We Are Going Up podcast. I spoke to you three years ago. Do you remember me? <laughs> yeah. can, you, can you do something now, right yeah. now? Right yeah, this and second. Nine times out of ten, they're more than happy to do so. Very generous with their time. So any guest that's come on this show over the last yeah. five years, we really, really do. Not that most of you will be listening to this, but if you are listening... You've made it this far into the final far, show. Fair play. Thank you this is very a much for this giving, is a marathon. Up, um, giving up your time. Big thank you as well to um, to Joanne Flip, Pete Allison for voiceover work. Work. Also, the various radio stations that have hosted this show. We've recorded it in all different kinds of studios. Uh, with someone that probably didn't know about it for about a yeah. year. <laughs> well, that's we don't, we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> they find out now. Uh, also, uh, the people have let us into various press boxes. Uh, let us go to live games and sort of you know sit next to the professionals and just ask around, uh, which has been great. Thank you to Audible and Acast for hosting the show as well. Thank you to everyone who ever wrote a blog for the website. Does that back still in the day. work? What? The Audible 
the link. Yeah, get one, yourself an audio book. try. Yeah, get yourself a little bit of extra money right in the last show, audible.co.uk slash going up. Um, yeah, I need to tell them we're stopping this, actually. I mean, you could just keep going there if, if I was you. Maybe they'll, st- they'll still keep paying us. I don't mm. know. Probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, but, um, but free audiobooks for you. That's, absolutely. That's the thing they've got to remember. Um, and most of all, thank you to you for listening, especially if you've listened uh, throughout the last five years. Everyone who's listened overseas and has gone in touch about playing, uh, you know, following the lower leagues overseas mm. and Australia and Iceland. We've had loads of Scandinavian listeners in America. And uh, yeah, I mean, we used to look at the stats, didn't we? We'd see yeah. we had the odd listener in Gabon or we something never, like we that. Never did get the world tour sorted we out, never got we? the world tour sorted we never got the young players special sorted we never got the tea ladies we never special got the bloody sorted. tea lady <laughs> we never did it you should see the list of ideas we had to we do never and shows. we never of all we were looking through the, the roster earlier on of all the clubs we've covered we've yes. covered every single in, in some way shape or form every single football league club that's been in the football league during, during, these, the, five during these five years we've covered with the exception of, of one one Accrington Stanley we couldn't get an Accrington fan for the JPT and it's just never happened so they leave us I mean you, you did even try and put a call into John Colwyn about 10 minutes before we started recording this um, he's probably on the beach somewhere he is and I wouldn't blame him um, yeah so thank you so much um, we are going up who are they <laughs> Yeah, great Sky Saxon, mate. Um, so we're off to France this summer for the Euros, which is going to be awesome. We are. Um, so really looking forward to that. And then in the usual places, so you're producing Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. I at am, At this moment yeah. in time, the longest running sports afternoon programme ever, basically. I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it is. Uh, so you, I'm sure you'll hear them mention producer Dave, then 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 that'll be you, basically. That will be me, yeah. Um, and uh, you find me on uh, Radio Manchester and on Five Live as well, which is mm. exciting. Covering many of the clubs that, that you've got Indeed. to know well over the years Absolutely. on this which is, which is why actually this season it's been a bit weird because when we've come to do the show it's been oh League 2 what's going on in League 2 and because we don't have a League 2 side in our sort of patch I'm thinking oh god I'm not really sure what's happening because you're so focused on the clubs that are in your area and obviously Manchester's uh, not going to be a bad city for football next season the small matter of a, a little rivalry is coming to town as well granted outside the Football League but still plenty going on uh, yeah thank you for all your support thank you for the tweets and uh, following the Instagram even though we never put anything on it um, and yeah that's about it I think thank you thank you thank, thank you. you thank you very much for taking the time to listen to download to rate us to subscribe to us to tweet us and all of that stuff because ultimately we, we started this just because we, we followed football league clubs and we thought it might be a nice thing to do and we've had a, a reasonably healthy following we've, we've not been at the top of the charts consistently week in no. week out we've not become you know wealthy men off the back, no. of, off the back of the adverts and all that stuff like some podcasters have done we're not Serial, no scrubious pit. <laughs> We're not. But Mailchimp never got involved. No, no, they didn't. But just, just seeing the numbers that people download, you know, the the, the kind of peak of it is what a couple of thousand a week. At, yeah, we've had a few go. thousand yeah. a week. Yeah, and just like that, just like your average football league. Well, league exactly. Club. You know, when you think of it in those terms, that is what you know the amount of people that will be in one end of a of a ground or or entire stadium for for League Two teams in League Two grounds. Some in some cases, so that means a, that means a, a huge amount to, for us doing it. You know, we did it for for the love, we did it for fun, and hopefully you've enjoyed it. And of course, on SoundCloud, the episode about um, uh, Watford and Leicester had about eight thousand listens. Apparently, might have been a slight problem in the system there. We think yeah. a <laughs> little bit of an anomaly. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's that's it. We're going to leave you with this. Roll the tape now. This is the story of five years, five years, half a decade of the We Are Going Up podcast. The best of We Are Going Up. 
Right, we're on. Thank you very much for downloading. We are going up and welcome to your season ticket to the Football League. This is Mark Crossley in London. Can I have your full name, please? David Cameron Walker. The club you support? Watford. Full name? Uh, Mark Crossley. And the club you support? Berry. Okay, first Berry game you ever went to? I think it was a goalless draw. Good. Set the tone. <laughs> yeah. On the line now is Tom Watt, who has helped organise the UK's first ever football film festival, Kicking and Screening. Tell us a bit about some of the guests, because I've just been looking down the list and there's a wide range of people there, Guillaume Balagay, Jonathan Wilson, etc. Yeah, well, there's, I mean, because it's such a wide range of films. The EPPP was voted in by the 72 Football League clubs. This is just one example of the fact that, that not enough is done for, for the Football League and for teams outside the Premier League to help them survive. If you have enormous resources, you're suddenly very conscious of your public image and you you couldn't count them to Maverick like Clough. Notts County have been fined £75 by the FA because too many of their staff stood up to celebrate the dramatic late winner absolutely in pathetic. that game. John Ashdown, sports writer at The Guardian, is a big Sheffield United fan. Just how nervous are you about next Saturday? <laughs> Incredibly nervous. I tweeted, you prepare to see the first ever goalless penalty shootout. And then I, and then <laughs> yeah, I thought it was actually going to happen. Yeah. Chris Weltdale, he didn't get a knock to the, the knee or didn't get a, you know, sort of a bad head or whatever, a bit of a bruise he got a split scrotum what the <laughs> hell does the physio do with that so the magic sponge magic is sponge just not going to work there is it at all the gaffer brought a lot of players in over over the summer me included you know it's a brand new squad it's a really good opportunity to hopefully see a change towards the introduction ultimately of say something is that the is that Dalai Lama? Uh, whatever, mate, and just went back to my beer. Yeah. And then we looked it up and he was doing a conference at Nottingham uh, Conference yeah. Centre or whatever. So what the, yeah, they actually just walked, casually strolled past the pub on a afternoon in Nottingham. Quick glance at the score and then on he went. <laughs> I think it was inevitable, really, that he was going to be sacked straight after the game. All supporters are adamant they ain't coming back until the manager gets removed. Unfortunately, it was a failure. Um, I, I would have loved to see him do well because he's, he's a heck of a nice guy. If we don't go for him now, we'll regret that because someone else will. And he'll do a superb job somewhere. When we first did the story too, weeks ago the main crux of it was to do with kind of the players not being happy I honestly don't believe that he's a great manager well Jim, Jim's here he's a, a Leicester fan yeah we bought him so I want to know what can we expect from Jamie Vardy this season he's the best player I've ever seen in the conference you may have lost today but you've still got a mask of Paolo Di Canio you attempt <laughs> yeah it's paint voucher like on the back of that was it What's just happened? It was over the that line! Have you seen it from here? This that is why we should well have bloody Hawkeye in the championship. It was over the line! You also signed Steve Grisovich from Liverpool Reserve. That does tell you how long he's been in the game. He signed Steve Grisovich. <laughs> should football league highlights be on free-to-air TV? Should they be something that's protected? The greatest thing happened. Happy will go-go, scored an own goal. <laughs> OG, OG, OG. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the football league covered. Is that it? We have got a winner. Lee, you have won the Alan Johnston paint trophy. I'm thrilled. Don't cast the roses. <laughs> Sound it. <laughs> Dom, hello. hello. Have you recovered yet? No, and, and hearing that again has, has nearly set me off. I feel like I've just watched an emotional episode of EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> the Capital One Cup final has just finished a couple of hours ago as we record. Bradford City's newest fan, David Cameron Walker. Hello, I, I come uh, armed with uh, my very own Bradford City flag as you well do. from Wembley Stadium. Have you ever known a finish since Jimmy Glass like that at Griffin Park? Absolutely not. Oh, I don't believe this! There's a chance for a one- Oh, they've scored! I do not believe what I've seen! Come on! Incredible. This is Johnny Phillips, by the way, on uh, Soccer Saturday on the Consummate equivalent. Soccer special. Johnny Phillips. A 
Watford are going to go into the championship uh, final. I, I do not believe what I've old. just seen here, Jeff. The Football Supporters Federation Awards. <laughs> of course. 20, where this is going. 2013. <laughs> the nominees have been announced. And... We're on the list. My in-laws are big Liverpool fans, so I thought I can't not go and have a picture with Louis Suarez. Thoroughly really nice man, though. And I believe you asked him if he was interested in a move to Vicarage Road. He didn't understand. <laughs> Never since you know we you know reformed as AFC Wimbledon and we we started this ten years ago. Ever since then, I've people often quite well-meaning people say, "Who do you support? Oh, Wimbledon are oh, terrible. Shame what happened. I bet you can't wait till he play them, can you? What a day that will be." And you say. Well, actually, no, I don't want to play them. I think it's fair to say Carl Oysten will never change his philosophy. He does not fall into the category of rational owners. Here we are um, on the brink of something fantastic for British football, I believe. What I'd love to see is every club in the land um, start doing this. Every football fan owes a huge debt of gratitude to to the work that Brian did. I think if they're unable to make the club sustainable within Coventry, I think they should probably be considering their position as owners of the football club. He has presided over the fire sale to end all fire sales, where the family silver has been sold off, piece by miserable piece. The fans have no confidence and are completely alienated from the owners. Worse than that, I think, they feel that it's no longer their club. I asked Derek Shaw and Paul Agnew straight out, and the question I said to him, I said, could they hand on art, say that Venkies are not gambling Blackburn Rovers' future, this transfer window, and both of them who are well-placed on the board said they can't guarantee that. And a lot of me following Carpets is down to identity. When they, when they changed from blue to red, it just didn't sit right with me at all. We are absolutely delighted to say that on the phone right now to speak to us is Mr Kevin Davis, who has joined uh, Preston. We're really confident we can, we can really achieve something this year. First, let's speak to the former Bradford Wolves, Barnsley and Doncaster striker Don Goodman, the former England, AC Milan, Watford and Bournemouth striker Lufa Blissett. And we are very pleased to say that Lufa joins us on the show right now. We really love you as a fella, Owen, truly, honestly. But when it came to being manager, there's things you wouldn't see. You were obsessed with playing 4-4-2 instead of 4-3-3 and thought the problem was in scoring goals and not defensively. On our predictions this week, I've predicted Barry to go up, Jim has predicted Leicester to go up and Dave has predicted Watford to go up. If that doesn't tell you a lot... <laughs> it's blinding optimism at its best, isn't it? What it's all about at this stage of the season. Come on, betting yeah. on Carlton Matlock has been suspended due to unusual <laughs> betting patterns of what one bet. One, one job! You, you only had one job! Russ yeah. Wilcox, ridiculous bit when he walked out of the tunnel. It was like X Factor. <laughs> do, do, do. Let's all do the conga. Do, do, do. do. We're British somber longer. Roy Hodgson, my mate, was um, when I was Champions League final and he was right. on the same plane as Roy Hodgson yes, you do. and uh, someone came up and asked him if they could swap seats with him by this point the plane was packed so he stands <laughs> up and everybody goes go on Roy so uh, earlier today me and DC spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager John Ward could, could you perhaps see one day him taking over maybe in, in a few years down the line if you continue to have sex and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no we can't you, do you, that sorry. <laughs> forget that music drum roll please it's been over two years. It's been over. We couldn't really quite be bothered to work it out, but a lot of hours and hundreds of guests. And finally, we have made it to the big one. And here comes the most underwhelming fanfare you've ever heard. 
Happy 100th David Cameron Walker. Uh, thanks. Happy 100th Jim Knight. <laughs> Hello. This Thank is um, episode 100 of We Are Going Up. My club in 125 seconds. Four words. Sanidi George, Matteo Serrani. <laughs> this is one of those special in case of emergency smash glass here moments uh, because we are bringing you a special bonus edition of the show this week reacting to the announcement uh, by Greg Dyke of the FA Commission's four-point plan to boost the future of English football. When I heard the news of this on Thursday, I was very angry. I was fuming. I was kind of incandescent with rage. And this proposal, I think, is one of the most disrespectful things to the Football League I've ever read. And, and non-league. We don't know of anybody um, in the conference that has been consulted in this process. I've always thought we were a, a fourth-tier club, so to be in where we are now, for me, is something special. I do think it's important that the, the, the fans can connect with, with the players, and the players at times maybe could do a little bit more. Michael Hero goes back to the mid-90s, um, a striker called John Paskin. The process always starts at the, uh, the identification stage, whereby... We've got scouts on the ground on a, on a day-to-day basis out of games. Um, I think we, we probably cover on average something like 25 games a week. 56%, that's more than half, of first-time managers never get another job in management. This is We Are Going Up, your season ticket to the Football League. I'm Mark Crossley. Alongside me here in London in the studio, I've got David Cameron Walker and Jim Knight. Plus, Stephen Topolis is on the line from Nottingham. The world of football has been shaken by the news announced on Sunday that Gary Speed, manager of Wales, has died. It is the headline story of the week then, the extremely sad news that Sir Tom Finney, an absolute giant of a figure in English football, sadly passed away on Friday, aged 91. He was more than a gentleman, yes. To say a gentleman is right, but... He was also a gentleman. Now, next week, um, we are going to be bringing out a show on, I believe, Monday, the final show before Christmas. But this is something slightly different. We're not going to tell you what it is yet, but um, it's been a couple of months in the in the making, this. The Great War. Hello, I'm Carol Swords. I'm the curator of Pitsanger Manor and Gallery. Crossing the Field is an exhibition commemorating the First World War and particularly a moment in it, Christmas 1914, where the troops laid down their arms and um, played football. They found the common ground and the common ground was football. We're a club that support the armed forces. We're a great club with a great heart for what it did in the Great War in over 100 years. Ultimately, um, if it hadn't have been for these players and the administrators, then the clubs that people follow today, they wouldn't be in existence. I'm Mark Crossley And I'm David Cameron Walker And from the bordering to the battlefields From the turnstiles to the trenches And from the supporters to the Somme This is the story of football and the Great War We are going up on the road. Programs, three pound. How's it come to this? You spending your bank holiday Monday watching Leighton Orient against Bury? (laughs) I'm not quite sure. Boswick scores! Down the middle. They're going to cause a lot of teams problems with the way they play because Akin Fenwar is very, very difficult to deal with. Ball comes in towards Akin Fenwar. Is there any hope now that Lee Clark has come in? Well, it's not impossible, but, but I just think, Cardiff, you know... Though, and then, yeah. then the game after that, we got battered again, so <laughs> it, the, the, win, the, the winning run lasted one game. Oh, oh chance, it's a goal! It's a goal! In the middle of your ransomware boot. Scores from the corner! Sonderbergers, there's been a goal! They scored! Goes to 2-0! It's 2-0! Blackpool have scored a second! 
second goal. So the Orient fans have just been singing some um, not particularly uh, friendly chants about Boris Johnson. And I was, I was just actually thinking, what have they got against Boris Johnson? At? Oh, the Olympic Stadium. I see. Well, you initially thought they were chanting against the Sky Sports reporter Brian Swanson, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. Here we go. It's ringing. Hello? Jim Knight. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Congratulations. Right. You? Congratulations. Leicester City promoted to the Premier League. And uh, that is why you're in Leicester, I believe. Yeah, it doesn't feel real, does it? Jim, you've got some news to share with everyone. Yeah. As of August, I'm going to be relocating away from London. I uh, thought you were going to get married or something. Native, <laughs> no, back to my native Leicester. Um, so Jim is uh, so, yeah. is leaving us. He's uh, he's moving back to Leicester in the summer, which means we're Premier gonna... League one promotion and you <laughs> and you desert. <laughs> yeah. I know. Whopper's going up, going up. Whopper's going up. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. Oh yes, it's that time again. Hello and welcome. This is episode 155 of We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley, and anything you and your mob can do, David Cameron Walker, we can do it better. No, we're not bothered about being in the top three from October all the way through till May. We just casually time our arrival in the top three for 20 past four on the final afternoon of the season. Beautiful. Congratulations. I've made the Berry Times. I've just seen tomorrow. Page 95, if you live in the area. They've, they've framed my tweet in one of their pieces. So ever there was a sign of the impending death of journalism. <laughs> Steve Evans, don't lie in bed and, and dream it. I'm a realist. You went all the way up to Carlisle, then down, yeah. then back up again. And then back again, yeah. And then back again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm spending the evening of my 30th birthday in the uh, very Broom memorable cupboard. location that is this very hot, small, sweltering studio. Ball's not dead. Jervis tries to keep it in place. He back for Ruben Reed. It's 2-0 to Plymouth. Fantastic finish. He's been the difference today. They've lit a flare. A green flare <laughs> has been have. lit. The Plymouth fans Please singing smoke. we're top of the league. There's no doubt that along the way something has happened between the relationship between fans and top footballers. Do it, 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 do it. Hear that? <laughs> DC, I'm going to hand the stage over to you at this point. Yeah. Copping out. You may not be surprised to hear this because a few people have emailed across the season sort of asking us what's going on. We've been certainly more infrequent this season and after five seasons, we're going to end it. We are going up, we'll be no more. Okay, you can kill it. Yeah, that's about it, I think. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen, to download, to rate us, to subscribe to us, to tweet us, and all of that stuff. This is the final We Are Going Up podcast. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.